stay informed on the breaking news and information happening right now. It's as easy as sending a text message. Text RSB to 22828. Tired of reading last week's recycled news stories? Get informed about what's happening now. Just text RSB to 22828 to subscribe to the Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter and find out what you need to know today. Text RSB to 22828. That's RSB to 22828 now. Oh, hey, welcome, everybody. Robert Scott Bell Show is about to begin. It is a wonderful Wednesday, middle of the week, uh, 15th of June, 2022. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine in the Northern Hemisphere. I know you're cooking in certain parts of the country, but we are cooking with, uh, I don't know, what is it? Homeopathic gas. <laughs> How about that? Little micro gas. Well, <laughs> I'm already losing it here. I haven't even started the show yet because they want to change monkeypox, the name monkeypox, because it's offensive to monkeys. What the hell is wrong with these <laughs> All right, I, I've got some perspective on doctors that doctors are not going to like. That well, what else is new, right? Ty Bollinger is going to join us, even though he's with us on Sunday's broadcast in Nashville. We're going to be together uh, talking about the morality or lack of morality in the United States and what's happening here. A little detoxification discussion as well. Um, how about the AMA taking aim at doctors who uh, are not following the party line when it comes to COVID jabs and such? And... Oh, we got questions of the day on homeopathy. There's a homeopath that's mad at me. Will stramonium in, in order? We'll find out. Tell your friends the Robert Scott Bell show is about to start. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Chat room's there. I'll see you there in just a moment. Tell your friends. Let's get it going. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. I'm so excited to do the show today. I forgot to turn on the ring light in front of me, so I'll be shadowed until the Super Don takes over in just a little bit. So I can run around and do that. But that's okay. We're going to get started anyway. This is not about shadows or not shadows, although the shadow government, the shadow medical people are targeting your children for permanent disability or even death. How do I know? Well, looks like uh, the FDA is set to approve... Um, by emergency use authorization, despite no emergency, any number of the COVID jabs or one in particular for zero to five or zero to four-year-olds, it's bad enough that they went five to 12s or 12s to 18s. It's all not good. But I will say this as I read this opening story from the Defender here, and it's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Is the push to vaccinate young kids a ploy by pharma? to get COVID shot on pediatric immunization schedule. There it is, the Defender. If Pfizer's COVID-19 jab is added to the pediatric vaccine schedule, and if it's mandated like other childhood vaccines, it will become an evergreen market representing billions of dollars to the drug companies. Yeah, that's true, but they have to get beyond emergency use authorization and approve it first. And as we know, the Comirnaty has not been approved, uh, well, well, theoretically it's been approved, but it, it doesn't exist on U.S. soil because they're waiting for indemnity they're waiting to make sure that there is no liability when they injure or kill your babies your children yeah we'll get to that uh super don i would just join join me here on the show if you will so i can actually run around to the back side of the the camera and turn on the ring light so it's just like gonna <clears throat> mess up the whole show i i mean look at you 
you don't even have you've got just like light filtering through your uh blue curtains are those blue curtains am i seeing that right they are yes yeah so you got blue light happening i uh i have not yet I, i'm gonna put blinds up in the window i've been meaning to do that and i mm -hmm. i bought these these great blinds yes uh, for the window Yes. And they shipped them at FedEx. And when they got here, the boxes were beat up and all the hardware was gone. No. And so I called the place. They're like in New Jersey or something like that. And that was like a year ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remind just, me not to order from them. Yeah. No. So anyway. Yes. So I I'm still have the blue curtain. All right. The still still doing its thing. You have a blue anyway. tinge look to you. you Do I? <laughs> well, because of the blue light coming through. There it is. Now I see a little bit of your natural color. Can you uh, hold the fort for like 10 to 15 seconds so I can turn on the ring light? 10 to 15 seconds, I suppose so. Yeah, it's Wayne's World on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Here we go. All right. Okay. So welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Who do we got in the chat room? Rain Morden. Uh, she says, wow. Weird. You guys didn't come up in my notifications. I had to go to your page. You know, I've noticed that, that uh, sometimes... The notifications are a little bit late. Nah, it's yeah. just whatever. It's a Facebook internet thing or whatever like that. But eventually it did show up. So some, It's a personal attack on me. It's uh, totally, totally. It's conspiracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, although, uh, let's see here. Yeah. What do we got here? I'm looking at what... Okay, so then it showed up. Mm -hmm. One victim called in. What are we talking about here? Congressman Louis Gohmert called on the open public commenting session to voice his dissent. He's also working on legislation. Oh, so is this about the EUA? Maybe, yeah. Maybe so. That's so that is supposed to happen today, right? Yeah, it is. It they is. expect it to happen today. They already got one sequence of... of uh, Speculation shots. is yeah. yesterday, I think it was yesterday, they approved the Moderna shot for uh, 6 to 17. Yeah. And so today... Uh, now it's yeah it's supposed to be well it's a rubber stamp they don't pay any attention to all of the adverse events and, and the lack of safety stuff i mean none of that matters it's a, a an absolute charade or charade uh super done as they talk about this particular article that we're opening with mm -hmm. i just got a question for any doctor that's willing to give this shot once they inevitably give the zero to five thumbs up what would you do to a doctor that's willing to inject a child or does inject a child with that thing. What would you do? I, I, my first thought is let's go old West on them. Let's take them out in the middle of the town square, put them in the stockade and start <laughs> flinging poo at their face. I mean, is that what they did in the old West? They flung poo at people. I don't know if that happened, but that, I it thought would be monkeys least... are the ones that flung poo. Oh yeah, that's right. Now I'm offending monkeys again because the you're a racist. Come on. Admit I'm a monkeyist. I don't know what even that, that means. But in the old west, they didn't fling poo; they, they just they shot you and they you were dead. You. All right, well, or look, hung trying, you and you were dead. I'm trying to soften the analogy a little bit and make them suffer, because a physician that has gone through medical school has their doctorate degree and is willing to inject an emergency use authorization uh, COVID jab into a child zero to five years of age. There's, how do you defend that behavior? I, it's an absolute criminal attempt at murder, if not outright. Uh, well, murder is outright, but let's just say degenerative destruction of the immune system before they even have well, it. You're, and and listen, you know, there have been a lot of people that have been uh, coming out of the woodwork on this situation uh, mm -hmm. that are, are questioning these things. You know, it's like, why? Why, why are you guys so adamant about 
uh, you know, vaccinating these little these toddlers and these infants. Basically, I think it starts at six months is what they're going for. Yeah. Uh, when statistically, there's no reason to do that. You know, uh, and, and nobody seems to be answering the question that I've seen. No, that's all I've what seen I'm is the question. I haven't really seen a solid answer on that. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Until the doctors start calling out the doctors. I mean, otherwise you have moms and dads just in abject uh, either terror or, or, or great sadness and, and depression because of the loss of their children that inevitably will come from this. Haven't we learned anything at this point? Could it be, I mean, let me play devil's advocate. Uh, okay, so so the infant mm-hmm. uh, is showing that statistically will not likely get sick or die right. from the vaccine, but they do grow up. From the wait, from and the so shot. when they get older, you, uh, this would protect them from getting um, or yeah. From dying of course, you from, say you right? say that, but what, based on what evidence, when they acknowledge that the adult versions only last six months now, and That's that true. wipe out immunity, <laughs> and so you'll have a permanent state of every six months. If you survive yeah. one, you might not survive. Well, you just two, you you'll just two. the kids will just get the booster, you know, like like they do with, forever with and other, ever. other shots. Yeah, yeah, but as we see the younger age group, super D very vulnerable to cardiovascular events that, that lead to death more so than, than adults even. Mm-hmm. So the, the, there, as many times as you try to, uh, what we call devil's advocate, these things, I don't think there's a way to, to, to make it plausible. There's no plausibility here because to, uh, from the word go, there's no har- There's no threat to children. There's not been a threat to children through this entire crisis except for the jabs themselves. And the vast majority of human beings of, of every age group the biggest threat is the jab itself or the jabs themselves, if you will. And so I, I look at the doctors that are willing to do this and I'm thinking, what would I, what can I do? What would I do? Well, how about first and foremost, stop going to doctors, stop hiring pediatricians, just simply no, no more. Because if the pediatric community with rare exception is endorsing, the injection of, of, of COVID mRNA uh, technology into children before they even have a chance at life, then what what worthiness do they have at being, uh, well, I say a doctor, but let's say being hired by you to care for your child as a pediatrician. And this is sort of like yesterday when I talked about what if they threw, well, I've said this many times, what if they threw a pandemic and no one showed up? What if they authorize these jabs like they did yesterday for younger and younger people? And you simply go, I don't care if they've authorized it. My kid's not getting it. I'm not getting it. We're never getting it. In fact, we're never going to see a doctor again outside of an emergency trauma center. And even that is questionable based on some of the things that happened there beyond the goodness that is the legitimate part of allopathic medicine in warfare type medicine to keep you alive in a traumatic situation. Where, where or when is it that we wake up to, again, I, the wake up thing, it's, it's an overused, if it's an analogy or if it's a reality, you become aware enough to say, it doesn't matter what they do at the federal level or the state level, you're not going to make me do any of that stuff. This was kind of my awkward or uncomfortable discussion about voting yesterday as well. That as long as you think you can put good people into office and it will change everything, 
that that's all you have to do. History would kind of overwhelm that viewpoint and say it's, it's at the very best naive. This is at the same time, not me saying do not vote. Do not, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. That's never been my uh, perspective on how I go about my life. I, I don't want to tell people what to do. I, I'm not interested in having you even do what I tell you to do. Cause I don't tell you to do stuff. I give you some options, educate, inform, entertain, enrage maybe on some issues, but hopefully to get you to think about it so that you make a fully informed decision about however you want to uh, spend your time, energy, efforts, or money, your attention, your consciousness, etc. But I look at the overwhelming, it's a done deal scenario. The fix is in scenario. Like with all of the FDA and the CDC and their movement toward approving at this point, under emergency use authorization, despite no emergency, uh, these jabs for younger and younger people. Like you have testimony after testimony after testimony as to why this is not a good idea. And it's 100% unanimous. The approvals that occur at the CDC, ACIP committee and other committees now through with FDA trying to get these jabs out to more and more young people. They're not listening. Nothing you say matters. Do they have a conscience? Do they have a heart? Do they have a, a, a human streak left in them? These folks that are rubber stamping this. And if anybody votes no, you find out the next time the committee meets, that committee member is no longer a part of the committee. Tell me how your vote for a congressman, a senator, or a president has made any dent in that or any change in that. Our participation in the system is what props it up. Our belief that it's legitimate and our behavior according to that belief that it's legitimate keeps that going until the inevitable collapse. The question is, as you participate in it, do you find yourself in the building when it collapses? Or do you find yourself moving further and further away to allow it to collapse of its own weight because the foundation was only built upon belief and fear? One, you believe it's legitimate. Two, you don't believe it's legitimate anymore, but you're too afraid to do anything about it. Like remove yourself, extricate yourself from the evil that is the pharmaceutically controlled media government complex, medical complex. What if they mandate masks again? What if they mandate shots and you don't get to travel without, do you, do you find that? Well, I didn't do it the first time, but this is getting a little ridiculous. I'm going to have to do it now. Or do you, one by one, one, until it becomes en masse. The people say, the emperor is butt naked and ugly, took a child to see it, and now I'm no longer going to pretend that they're wearing beautiful clothes. Call them out. Like I said, a doctor that is willing to, once an EUA is authorized for teenagers and younger, and then five and younger, give those jabs. What would you do if it was a stranger that attempted to uh, inject this? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're thinking and you're thinking, right. But a doctor suddenly, well, no, they're licensed to kill. They're okay. They can do it. The government has sanctioned them and their, their ability to harm and kill and maim and destroy and wipe out generations at this point. It's not new for allopathic medicine, folks. And that's the directness with which we, we, we must move forward at this point. We've got to call it out for what it is. If you read the Steve Kirsch Substack and others now, 
they are, and even those that were true believers that have woken up and said, I can't participate in this madness anymore are calling it out for what it is, you know, medical or pharmacofascism. It is beyond political, even though right now the political left predominantly is supportive of these mandates and is not questioning, is not thinking critically, but there are plenty of Republicans that proclaim to be, you know, more right of center. They might even mention a constitutional right from time to time, which again, it's not really a right. It's something that is written in to restrain government to not violate your rights. But they'll talk a good game and then they'll get in and where are they actually rolling back, pushing back on this oligarchy that claims ownership and control over you and your children? So inevitably, you know, if we ask the question of are they trying to push these jabs for young kids to get it on the schedule? Of course they want it on the schedule. It's a... it's not even a question they want. Of course they want, they want to get it approved through the ACIP committee. FDA gives it thumbs up. So then they can put it on the childhood schedule and then get absolved of all liability. And then they have a permanent gravy train. As long as you bring your children to pediatricians. Isn't there a point where that stops? We are like, I've had enough of pediatricians. What do they hear at? Well, baby visits, they make the baby sick. If you want to measure, measure the circumference of their head, take them to a tailor, get them measured for a hat, find out where that fits in the, in the whole scale of things. I, I, you tell me what I'm missing here. If a pediatric doctor is willing to do these jabs after knowing what he or she knows about this, and it's so obvious to all of us, what credibility do they have as a doctor? Except to carry out the edicts, the orders of an evil ruling elite, a globalist elite that sees you as at best in wartime cannon fodder. And right now as useless eaters, if you're not producing what they want you to produce case in point, the do not resuscitate orders on people who, well, down syndrome people like Grace Shara, who lost her life. We've talked with Scott a number of times now or others that we haven't discussed. The killing fields of the allopathic hospitals that are not even necessarily jab directly related like a pediatrician might be. Should they get this authorization through? Who has been duped and lied to about, oh, but it's approved now, community, and yet nobody got the community shot on U.S. soil that got the shot. They were told it's approved. That alone should disqualify any doctor from seeing another human being because of their wanton, murderous ways. And so if a doctor is still willing to, this is, I'm not torn about this, but I'll, I'll recognize and acknowledge something here. There are a number of doctors that are becoming conscious of what they were either unconscious of or they were living in states of cognitive dissonance. They were programmed and wrote memorization, hammered, hammered, hammered by Flexner Report Medical School, and on and on it goes. They sort of have twinges of guilt or unease about something, but they continue on because, well, they got to pay the bills. They got to pay the loan back. But at what point do you say, that's not a legitimate excuse anymore when you're willing to harm and kill children? 
by your actions. Now, people that have woken up like the Dr. Robert Malone's of the world and have started speaking out against these jabs or Peter McCullough, who I befriended. He's a very nice man. He's got a good heart. And then I had a nice, as I mentioned, a discussion with him at the Nashville event, thanks to uh, Kimberly Overton and the Nurse Freedom Network, where it was in a it was in a group. It wasn't a private conversation. We were chatting and he's just said, I'm never going to vaccinate again. Never going to vaccinate my kids. It's done. It's over. See, that's the point where you have now crossed the, the proverbial Rubicon because you see how what they've done now is impacting the same behaviors, same MOs, methodologies that led to, well, that were previous vaccines when they were actually vaccines by definition to the point of mRNA shots. And so you see it all. The corruption just is all flooding out. And you can't hide from it. And even those that happened before and you go, well, no, there really weren't any long-term safety studies, efficacy studies, double-blind placebo tests, none of that. We were just asked to believe. We were told to believe because look, look at the 20th century. Look at the diseases, mortality went away. And of course, you have to be a moron to not see, medical moron in particular, but a moron to not see the improvements in sanitation, sewage, hygiene, nutrition. All of these things had the real impact in reduction of manifestation of what they call vaccine preventable diseases, much less the death from those things. And as I've argued long before people woke up to this with uh, comernity or these COVID jabs, that even when they claim or proclaim a vaccine works, it's, it's, a, it's a deception. Because at best, I argue, and maybe other homeopaths are with me on this and naturopaths and herbalists, I don't know. Haven't heard a lot of people talk about this, this the way I do. That vaccination prior to COVID jabs could suppress the expression of a given disease, a named disease, not prevent the disease itself because it causes dis-ease and disruption and immune dysfunction. But at best it could what depress or suppress the expression of the disease. What does that mean, Robert? Okay. I'm glad you asked. The expression of a disease is its symptom picture. How does it manifest? Right now, the most overt expression we're hearing about, we'll talk about it some more uh, today on the Robert Scott Bell Show right here, right now, monkeypox. You see these lesions open up, pop open from the skin. That's the expression of what they call monkeypox or renamed smallpox or chickenpox or on and on it goes with the varicella. And the expression is that now when you give a jab for those things, if you survive the jab, remember I had a, a severe adverse event to the smallpox vaccine in the early seventies where I fell asleep on the pox that popped out of my arm and revaccinated or inoculated, whatever you want to call it on the temple of my, my head, my forehead here on the, on the side. And it created such vicious, brutal pains in me as a child, migraines times a thousand. I couldn't move my eyes fast at all. I mean, I, just darting in my eyes would be extremely painful and then made it through that. I don't know how I adapted to that. But they said, oh, that, that prevented smallpox. Really, what did it do? It introduced what we now know a latent form of whatever they associate with one of the poxes that they say, oh, it's going to kill everybody unless we inject you with this stuff. And then they stopped. It was so ridiculous. They claimed, oh, we've eradicated it. No, they renamed it. The deception, the sorcery, 
that's coming to light. You all have heard of it now, pharmacia and sorcery, the connection and modern medicine. You've heard about the doctors and the atrocities of uh, Nazi Germany, World War II era. But now we're seeing that same thing manifest through the medical doctors all over the world with COVID jabs or COVID treatments in hospitals that are not treatments for COVID. They're deadly inductions via drugs that destroy kidneys like remdesivir and our other immunodestructive practices, some of which arguably could save lives, for instance, budesonide inhaled for the lung issue. Although I would argue if we did things prior to that, we would never have to resort to that. But I acknowledge that there's a role for allopathic medicine to save lives too. But right now it's being done by and large in hospitals to induce death, leading to the ventilators, leading to uh, what morphine-like suppressants of, of all breathing, overdosing even children young people, teenagers on this stuff, killing them. If I'm painting a bad picture of modern medicine, it's their own paint and their own paintbrushes. I'm just looking at the picture and seeing the things a lot of people don't want to see, but now are being forced to see. It's sort of like, uh, you know, the dog that pooped in your hallway and you take that dog's nose and you rub it in its its own poop. (laughs) Can we do that with doctors? That's why I kind of threw out the analogy of if there's a pediatrician willing to inject a zero to five year old or a six to 12 year old with this stuff, should they be brought to the town square, put in the stockade and at least rub their own poop in their face? I mean, I think that's a mild punishment. Maybe that's only the warm up for what they really deserve. Y'all tell me, am I being too harsh? I think if anything, I'm measured in my response here of how I'd like to speak to you about this. Where does it stop? Who said you have to have a pediatrician? Who said you have to have your doctor and you have to have a kid and ask to go to? Who said that? We have been programmed to believe that's the only way kids survive childhood. They get these well baby visits. If you want a doctor for kids, bring them to a doctor of chiropractic. And some of you will say, well, well, what if it's an infection? Yeah, if it's an infection. Because they won't poison them with chemo unnecessarily. That's just me talking. You guys do what you want. Not telling you what to do. Just saying. A homeopath, a naturopath, on and on it goes. The people that honor the first do no harm principle and that look at modern medicine as a last resort, not a first, second, or third resort. When all else fails, then you have that as an intervention. That's legit. I haven't had to resort to antibiotics in my children. That's not calling you guys out. It's just saying, hey, I learned a lot to be healthy enough in myself and my my wife so we could have healthier children than we were as kids to give them a better opportunity. Then we didn't hammer them with vaccines. I think our first, yeah, our first child or Elijah, we brought to a a holistically inclined pediatrician who didn't harass us about vaccination because it's your first child. I understand. First time you're like, oh my gosh, just a child. how does it alive? How does it stay alive? You know, there's that sense of it. The first time you have a first by the second or third or fourth child, you're like, they're fine. <laughs> You'll learn. And of course, those that brought their first children or second children to the pediatrician and then had them hammered with these vaccines into the autism spectrum, we hear those stories from Vax 2, the movie, toward the end, where those families that had children injured by vaccines now had more children and they did not take them to pediatricians. They did not vaccinate them and they were healthy. They didn't have any of the chronic ailments or illnesses of those children that preceded them.
they learned the hard way by these other kids being hammered. When do we learn? And we go, the medical emperor wears no clothes. Why do we perceive medical doctors should be exalted and treated like M deities? Do they deserve that? No, I don't think any human being needs to be treated like a God. Where, where is the man playing God again? This is a, another common theme with genetic engineering and genetic alterations. I mean, this is stuff that does not need to be respected. If anything, it needs to be disputed, disrespected, maybe even spat upon. It's so disgusting. And now they want to approve jabs under emergency that doesn't exist for little babies who never even had a shot to develop their own immune system. And you're going to hammer them with something that destroys the immune systems of old people and middle-aged people and young adults. And you're going to do it to the kids too. Am I calling for violence against doctors? No, unless you think putting them in the stockade and throwing poop on them is violent. But what have they earned by their behavior? And if any doctors that have woken up and have stopped doing that, God bless you. Forgiveness. You must first forgive yourself and do, do penance. Make it right. Speak out. Be brave. No longer do, you, do we stomach your cowardice. Oh, but if I speak out. Yeah, if you speak out, you might save children from dying needlessly, from being dismembered, destroyed needlessly. Too harsh? Not harsh enough? Let me know. You're in the chat room. Super Don, anybody participating today, or is it just too stunning where I've gone? Oh, now he's gone too far. He's actually talking about doctors and throwing poop on doctors. <laughs> I'm thinking that's a kindness. Didn't, didn't see that coming. That's a kindness <clears throat> for what they're doing to us. Now, is it an indictment of every doctor? No, of course not. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. But those that are guilty of what I'm describing, do they deserve that and worse? You want to defend them, Super Don? Go ahead. Oh, I, I want to see people fling poop on me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. So I've I mean, you know. my my directive today. <sighs> Boy, that was a stream of consciousness there. Yeah, that was... yeah and, I, and, I, and I held back, honestly. I just, I, 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 how long have I been pointing this out ever since I opened up the microphone about the great harm that they're doing to us. And yet we've got to be nice to them because they're the officials. They're the, they're the ones, they have the mm. monopoly. They're the experts. Oh, and stop, I'm tired. No, stop, don't respect that. They have not earned the respect. If they're willing to do this to children, much less all the doctors that keep injecting adults going, Oh, there's no relationship between what I shoot into you and the adverse event or the death that occurs. These are people that are doing that consistently even today, living in such yeah. dangerous states of cognitive dissonance that people are dying needlessly in scores. Well, you, I, li listen, you and I are on the same page as far as that goes. Yeah. If you remember back to two years ago when this stupid thing started. Yeah. Um, and and the, peop the, the people were dropping dead in the nursing homes. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah. And what were they saying? Oh, it's nothing. Nah, nothing to do with the vaccine. You're crazy conspiracy theorists. Dude, they were going to die anyway. You know, they just happened to be a coincidence. They got the vaccine, and ten minutes later, they fell over dead. It was. It's just 
They were going to punch their ticket at 3.52 p.m. anyway. It's just totally a coincidence. Made no sense to me. That, that was one of the things that got under my skin on the whole thing. I remember. People, reporting, yeah. people were just like, hey, look, my grandma just died and she got the vaccine a half an hour before that. Uh, you know, why won't you guys look at this? You know, it seems very suspicious. Mm-hmm. And they just they just disregarded it like, uh, like, you know, they were crazy. Well, that's why I say so, they do not earn the respect that they demand or command simply because of their degree. All right. You want to feel a little bit better? Yes, go ahead. You're talking about flinging poo. Yes. Uh, how would you feel about flinging poo on this guy here? Pretty good, actually. <laughs> well, I just, just just saw this as we were going to air here. Apparently, yeah. Anthony Fauci has tested positive yeah. for COVID-19. Yeah. And he's uh, he's in isolation right now. He's having mild symptoms. Can he have COVID of the scrotum? Would that be more uh, appropriate to this guy? Well, what would that look like exactly? Let's see, code of the of the scrotum. I don't think it exists, but it should exist for that guy. It would it would have to develop a dry cough, uh, be very fatigued, and maybe a flame troubled. maybe a flamethrower would be the appropriate <laughs> remedy for that. Oh, yeah. Fauci and code, just just another layer of nonsense. Now look at the doctor's deception here in Medscape, the AMA, the American Medical Association, which is a a, a criminal organization. It's a uh, uh, economic organization. It's a trade association, the AMA. It's taking aim against physician disinformation. No, it's not. It's taking aim at anybody who is not following the party line, the dictate about COVID and COVID jabs. The AMA, remember, they were slapped by the Supreme Court in 1976, Wilk versus AMA, where they colluded against a primary competition that still existed and that was emerging and growing in the 20th century known as chiropractic medicine. They colluded. Yeah, the Supreme Court ruled. Well, for AMA, the chiropractors won. The AMA lost. And they're at it again. Not that they ever stopped. Disinformation agents, yes, the American Medical Association, prime among them. And they're looking at physicians who, who, uh, who push disinformation. They won't look in the mirror, but they're going to call on my friend, Dr. Rasha Batar. Oh, yes, Dr. Batar has mentioned in this article, the AMA has pointed out that He's made outrageous claims on his website, CNN said. Most people have taken the vaccine will be dead by 2025. Well, we'll see, won't we? When you look at, and many doctors now have come out and said that, more people have died from the vaccine or what's wrongly called a vaccine than have died of COVID, much less hospital treatment. Dr. Batar is more right than wrong on this, and the AMA is more wrong than right on this. Next page, they, they target Simone Gold. They try to smear her because she pled guilty for entering the U.S. Capitol building as they open the door and let her in. She referred to COVID jabs as experimental biological agents whose harms are well documented. That's true. That's not false. Yet the AMA is saying, ooh, that's false. The AMA supports the, the Center for Countering Digital Hate a hate-filled group that knows nothing about anything that it puts my buddy Ty Bollinger and a number of our friends on a list of hate, hateful people who are actually loving people. The AMA, amoral. Talk about amorality. They want to expand licensing board's authority to restrict freedom of speech of doctors. They already threaten doctors with loss of license. Some have engaged in pulling licenses based on publishing peer-reviewed articles. 
on the dangers of vaccination on the childhood schedule. Yeah. How about that? Great organization. What are we here to do? We are here to restrict your freedom of speech, which is critical for what? Scientific thought, scientific endeavor, scientific inquiry. The conducting of real good science requires critical thinking skills, requires the freedom to challenge in open debate and in scientific debate in circles. Yet the AMA is an anti-science organization. They want to what? Maintain their own, man, their reputation is mud or poo, as I could call it now. But they want to be a trusted source of evidence-based information. Evidence-based is is crap. Evidence-based is basically not based on evidence. It's based on what we're told to say or told to do. They want to be able to threaten doctors and their licenses who simply speak out about points of controversy. Well, I would say if we want to end something, end the AMA and end licensure. And, and, and watch what happens to innovation and freedom of speech and doctors' willingness to challenge authoritarians rather than being authoritarians themselves. Yeah, I feel bad for doctors. I know most of them go in for the right reasons. They go in because they want to help people. They're drawn in. It's not everybody, but I'm also saying it's not everybody that's going in for evil or illicit purposes. They end up going down that road, kind of like the good people that you want to put into office in a government that is so large, so corrupt, so dangerous that it threatens those good people by either buying them off or getting them in a compromised position or isolating them so where they can't do anything or who knows, threatening their families so that they tow a party line that is not supportive of your life, liberty, or property. Oh yeah, it's ugly. It's a dangerous game, but it's always been that way, folks. Our founding fathers had the wisdom to say, you know what? We're going to constrain government like never before was it constrained. We're going to also acknowledge in our government that the rights of the people don't emanate from the government, that they come from a creator. And we're going to restrict the government's ability to to, to clamp down and remove those rights of the people. And we have over centuries now gone back to slumber, sleep, thinking that because our founders did that, it's all good. We don't have to do anything to defend our freedoms. The Constitution will do it for us. How's that working out? When do you stop participating in your own imprisonment? When do you stop participating in your own demise? You stop going to doctors that do that. You stop participating in an illicit, illegal, de facto government that has no restriction anymore because it operates under a permanent state of emergency where there is no law. There is no rule. It's whatever they say it is. It's an emergency. We had to violate the Constitution. We're not really violating. It's an emergency. It's necessity. We have to do it. We have to abandon what? Free market capitalism to save it. We have to abandon medical freedom in order to save it. We have to keep, keep going. You know where I'm going with this. And all they're doing at the World Health Organization level is debating whether they should rename monkeypox because it's offensive to monkeys. We'll get that in a moment. Let me pause and look at the uh, chat room here. All right. Y'all are a little bit active. Michael Bolden in the house, 10th Amendment Center. Eventually, we'll get him back on the show. Off-topic question, but do you recall a local, you recall a local government, city, county, that are passing a food freedom ordinance, kind of like 
with the state of Maine passed to remove all kinds of regulations, but on the local level only. Ah, I, I thought the main one was the main main one, no pun intended. Were there other local ordinances? I vaguely remember, but I don't have as I'm my mind's elsewhere, as you can tell, Michael. But it's a good question. Hitting them on the local level and making them come down to the local level and do battle with you. Because that's where the cowards, the bullies that are really cowards will lose. Stephen, approving the mythical Comirnaty vaccine is about as impactful as approving unicorns as a major magical healing agent. Well, the thing is, some people were duped by it. Not everybody, but a lot of people were. Oh, I heard it was approved. The media says, yeah, it's approved now. Everybody go get it. The, the military. Oh, yeah, it's approved now. Everybody has to get their shot or else. No military base had Comirnaty. Yeah. Kathy says, I'm not speaking too harshly about the doctors. Thank you, Kathy. There's too much information available now for any doctor to plead ignorance of the dangers of these shots. Yeah, exactly. Kimberly Overton, thanks for that visual RSB. You don't like the fling poo? <laughs> I guess these are monkey references today because we're going to talk monkey pox in a moment. Steven says, since Fauci has COVID, he should receive the specialized approved treatment, double dose, triple dose him on remdesivir. That's a good, there you go. You don't even have to, if you do that, you don't have to throw any poo then. That's fine. <laughs> ah. Lydia, hey, all I'm back. Got fired on Monday from Aramac because, Aramark? Because they mandated masks at work. Got fired because I would not comply. There you go, Lydia. A living example of someone who's not willing to comply with tyranny, even at the even at the cost of her job. God bless you, Lydia. And prayers for you and make sure you'll be you'll be coming out on top on this deal. See anything going on in the chat room on Facebook? I think they're afraid to say these things on Facebook because they'll get banned. <laughs> yep. All right, pause. Take the pause that refreshes, Super Don. Let's talk about what's coming up in, in terms of upcoming events, if you don't mind, and then say thanks to some of our sponsors. Well, I take a sip of my awesome organic mate. Let me look on our website, see if I can go to upcoming events, see what's there. Upcoming events. Let's see what we got. What is coming up? Do we have online things? Is the Lymphatic Rescue Summit going on right now? Ongoing right now until the 19th. Okay. That's a good one. We've had some questions about lymphatic drainage. So tar yes. uh, do, do participate in that one. That's going to be good. Free online to attend. If you're concerned about Alzheimer's now or in the future, also what's happening right now is the Reverse Alzheimer's Summit. That could be a fascinating one. It will be. Chemical toxicity. That also uh, contributes to all of these messes. That summit is going on starting on the 20th of June. And then July 9th and 10th, the Red Pill Expo, redpillexpo.org, or how you get there, just click on the Oops. link. Wait a minute. Click on it. I'd love to see you in Indianapolis, Indiana. I know they have online options too, but it'd be nice to see you in Indianapolis as well for that event. We got a paint Becoming Pain-Free Summit. We got the big uh, event Saturday, August 6th, the one-day event with Judy Mikovits, Tracy Straub, Dr. Lynn, Jamie Dorley, and me. RSB Sheraton Pittsburgh Hotel. Love to see all of my friends and fans in Pittsburgh. I think they've there's been put a pause on this. You have to double check on this with Leslie, but I think there's a pause okay. on this. Super Don the Health all Stock right. event. Autism One is happening. 18th, 19th, 20th of 
August in Mesa, Arizona, outside of Phoenix. It'll be hot, but it'll be awesome to be together. 13th annual, well, annual, it's not annual, but 13th U.S. Health Freedom Congress, St. Paul, Minnesota, September 23rd, 24th. Wellness Parenting Revolution, Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. I'll be there. A bunch of folks will be there in Orlando, October 7th through 9th. Then the biggie, the Health Freedom Expo. Trinity, healthfreedomexpo.com, October 15th through 16th. A two-day event outside of Chicago. Far enough that you won't be in Chicago, but uh, near it, near enough. <laughs> right? That's important to d- make. Why that wouldn't you want to be in Chicago? Yeah. What's wrong with Chicago? And I'm waiting for a banner because the next week, I think a Saturday after that, which would likely be the 23rd, 22nd or 23rd of October, I think the 22nd, uh, will be an event that I'll be flying back out to the Pittsburgh area, but it'll be more than the like half hour outside of Pittsburgh. There's a local store out there that's bringing me out for a, a big event. So Pennsylvania is happening in the year 2022 for the Robert Scott Bell Show. So Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. Check it out for all the upcoming uh, wonderful things that they have each month. New new uh, startups, if you will, on the various classes, trinityschool.org. And of course, uh, when we go to uh, Pittsburgh for the Journey of Healthcare Interactive Summit of Leading Health Experts, remember that's... Uh, nutritionalfrontiers.com and they have a wonderful discount code rsb15 rsb15 for that code 15 percent off even things that are on sale and super don did you send the, the the or did you have that picture yet of uh me with the uh it's the igf one plus i was at working out today um i'm going to give a shout out to uh neutronics for this formula because i had plateaued as far as fitness i was you know, continuing to get more fit and fit and fit but I wanted to put on some more muscle and I'm not, yes, I've lifted weights in the past when a lot younger, but I don't really lift weights intensely. No, that's the mushroom stuff. There's the super mush. We'll talk about that. But, uh, I wasn't gaining the muscle. It was tone. Yes. But I'm like, I want to put on some muscle. And Christopher key sent me this IGF one plus stuff. And then I put on a pound, another pound, about five pounds up, maybe six. And here it is. All right, that's yeah. better. There is from this that's morning. Better. You can go full full screen on that. Right. Can you make my bicep look a little bigger? I'm working on the Ty, Ty Bollinger size. But, we uh, <laughs> we don't do that on this show. <laughs> no, that, that would not. We be, don't do that. That would not be very honest. All right. right. So the the discount code is Bell. But if you click the banner, you can get the deal. It's like buy one, you get two products for free, and then you get on a fifty percent off of, of you know monthly thing. You'll want to stay on it. You can cancel at any time. Buy one, you get two items free. And if you're going directly to their their website, use the code Bell B E L L, and uh, you'll get plugged in. You can be big and strong like me, or little and strong like me. However, it's all perspective. There I am. That was this morning, uh, working out, having a good time at the gym. And you'll be happy to know, Super Don, I'm working my way back in. I am not going to win the chow this week, and I'm okay with that. The challenge of the oh, week is no. not mine. Yeah. You gonna be okay? I'll be all right. You need you need some CBD. I need, I'm gonna cry. You know what I need is is some uh, daily chill super mush. <laughs> that I'm gonna do. Ah yes, uh, yes. I teased I that uh, yesterday. Yeah. All right. So uh, what do we want to do? Do you want to do the monkeypox? I'm not even interested in the monkeypox, honestly. Well, you know, we do have some questions of the day. Well, maybe we ought to do those. I I think we should. Mm-hmm. What do you say? All right, question of the day. First one's coming from Jay. Uh, you can call me Jay, or you can call me Ray, or you can call me Johnny. You Do you know any of the effective homeopathic remedies to reduce prostate enlargement? India claims to have such remedies. 
the whole country uh, or somebody named India, uh, but they ignore email orders. In other words, you're ordering from India and, and they're not sending it to you. Okay, I don't know where in India you're going. Is there such a homeopathic medicine? Could you recommend an online retailer? Does Sovereign Silver have any ability to re reduce prostate size? Benign prostatic hypertrophy. How about that? Is a massive problem, BPH, for most men sooner or later. But neither mainstream medicine nor alternative medicine seem to have an effective solution. Well, homeopathically, you can use... The saw palmetto, which you've heard about as an herb that is used often for prostate, it's Sabal, S-A-B-A-L, but I always do that in conjunction with a liver remedy. So if you have a prostate issue, then do Bryonia alba. And I would say my bias as a clinical homeopath is to use a lower attenuation or potency, a 10X, a 15X, or something like that on a daily basis over time because the prostate didn't blow up overnight it's a lifelong uh, so-called journey as people are men age but i think in addition to using homeopathic sabal there are many non-homeopathic remedies that can also help i'm not an isolationist i'm not a homeopathy only guy even though it's a critical part of how i'm alive and well today and how i got my start in healing using the liver drainage remedies if you want to go to trinityschool.org and sign up for that one hour lecture i gave on clinical homeopathy 101 plus you'll understand my Focus is different than those who are trained classically. And I don't believe it's in opposition to classical homeopathy. In fact, I think what I do clinically will make what they do classically work better because of the terrain issue, the toxicological burden and nutrient deficiencies and all of the corruption of the entire body and its met metabolic cellular functions. And here's where I would say, in addition to Sabal, selenium is number one on the list as far as a mineral that is protective of the prostate for those that still believe in taking the PSA prostate specific antigen, which is not specific to the prostate because women could have a PSA test as well. It's like, wait, do they have a prostate? I guess now people think they do because women and men can get pregnant. Apparently not. So selenium is important. I remember years ago, Dr. Isaac Elias was on the show talking about, I think is echo Nugenics, a uh, modified citrus pectin MCP. He would talk about for breast cancer, for prostate issues, Okay, that's fine, but selenium important. Now, you ask about silver. Um, how do you get silver to the prostate? You probably have to do a rectal installation. And that, I, of course, makes Superdon squirm. But I'm just saying, if you want silver. As it should. <laughs> but if you want to use silver orally, yes, there's systemic immune benefit. You're not going to get direct impact. In a generalized sense, you can have immune response. Yes, for infections, if there's an infection of the prostate. That's certainly a possibility. But local application could be used but usually uh the, the way to get it to the prostate is not easy normally <laughs> just say it that way all right you got a prostate specific advice that's the other no, psa no i don't let's move on to the next thing okay the next thing we're going to hear from a homeopath with an attitude this is uh jana shiloh m-a-c-c-h certified classical homeopath uh, i just heard your info on uh, Otto's unbreakable that was the uh he interviewed me about that i think i was I added some things I was discussing uh, like last minute at the uh, advanced medicine conference. So it was a real recent interview in the midst of me emceeing and speaking. So um, uh, Jana says, I have been a homeopath classically trained for 37 years. While I am classical, I am not rigid, but I do know about provings. I was very concerned with your giving out the names of the venom remedies without proper warnings to lay people who don't have a clue how to use them. In fact, homeopaths around the country are trying to figure out what potencies to try 
and how to use them for the vaxxed and long-term COVID. How could someone with no knowledge know how to use them? Provings can be very serious, especially when we are talking about venoms. They can clot or decoagulate the blood with improper use. All right. My, my training, of course, is different than a classical homeopath's training, although I acknowledge and utilize classical homeopathy, uh, homeopathic methodologies as well. But to, uh, to J- Jana's uh, credit, and I'm not mad at Jana for doing this at all. It's like it's a drive-by interview, and I don't have the time and opportunity to go through the, the entire protocol or any protocol just to mention for research purposes, look into these things. And I'm not directing people to take it or not to take it or even how to take it. That's true. If you want me to, every time I mention a homeopathic remedy, to say, please consult with your local homeopath when they don't have one. uh, Okay. But my perspective is I'd rather have them know it than not know it and make a decision to find some way to learn how to use it, even in the midst of me not being able to tell them exactly how to use it in that moment. So, Jan, I do actually appreciate you asking the question about this. And there's the next part of this question. How are you using them? Turning them loose, excuse me, with people who only know how to take Advil or or something of the like can have serious implications. Well, I I guess in dealing with the attenuations or potencies you're dealing with, maybe you're seeing more evidence of provings than I am in working the way I do. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. I have not heard your instructions, if any, on your show yet. Okay. But I hope you will reconsider what you encourage people to buy. What are your instructions and why? I'm very interested to know. So, Janet, here we go. My deference or my uh, default setting in homeopathy, clinically speaking, is to work with lower potencies gently and gradually to undo damage. Now, it may not be appropriate in all circumstances when we talk about acute uh, scenarios where it may be indicated to go to higher potencies, VMs, 1Ms, 50Ms, LMs, whatever you use. I don't know what you use, Jana. But my deference is very much to the 10X, the 12X, the 15X, very, very considered very low potency on a daily, general, gradual basis. Very unlikely to create a proving. You would have to take so much of it. Now, uh, a classic case of a, a maybe a, a semi-proving that occurred Uh, Many, many, many years ago now, early on in my homeopathic career, working with a nurse-to-be. She wanted to be a nurse. She wanted to go back to nursing school. She was already in the workaday world, still young in her 20s, late 20s at the time, if my memory serves correct. And we utilized the MMR vaccine, actual vaccine, converted into a homeopathic form because that's what they wanted to give her in order to allow her to go to nursing school. So we did at that time a homeopathic attenuation or potency of, I believe in my memory serves, this is like 25 years ago. Uh, I think it was about a 15X, just so you know. And she was taking it every day, daily basis. Within a couple of weeks, she did indeed start to prove the remedy, if you will, like that. In other words, she started showing manifestations like she was having measles. As far as we know, she claimed she never had the measles, like she had little spots that would pop up. She didn't have a massive issue. It wasn't uh, debilitating in any way. It was like, wow, look at this. This is interesting. And it wasn't, you know, the uh, taken from the pustules of someone with measles or, or it was actually from, in this case, the vaccination, the MMR at the time. And it was mild. It was real. And interestingly enough, 
when she said, hey, if I show titers for measles, would that be enough to let me into your nursing school? And they said, sure, that's fine. And she got a test, I don't know, a month or so later, and there was evidence of titer count. Say, do, do with that what you will. That was fascinating. And she, uh, she was able to go to nursing school back way back when. Now, in terms of the snake venoms at that potency, how frequent would you have to take it to be able to prove them and create blood coagulation? I don't think that's going to happen. I've not experienced that in my almost 30 years as a homeopath. Granted, you're 37 years. You got seven plus years on me, Jana. So I'm not disputing your concerns. But I will say my deference being different than yours to remedies that don't necessarily require or concern themselves with patients going into 1Ms, 50LMs, whatever they're doing, uh, that would create a scenario like you describe. So fair that you bring it up, not mad at you at all. <laughs> not that you're trying to elicit anger. Maybe you're a little angry with me because of the way I flippantly threw those the named remedies. And I have no problem naming remedies for people because I'm trying to democratize, if you will, the access to homeopathy because we don't have enough homeopaths and we won't for 50, 100,000 years maybe based on the allopathic dominant model, unless it completely collapses. And then we have the re return of homeopathy as a dominant paradigm around the world. And I think we'd all be better off if that were the case. And not everybody will practice classically. Not everyone will practice clinically. There'll be a diversity of opinion and experience in working that out. But when, when was the last time you saw a patient that had a coagulation issue because they took a homeopathic snake venom? I, I'll get you on the show and we can talk about it because I, I, I haven't seen it in my career. Not saying it's not possible. All right, Super Don, I'll let you in on this. If that Was I talking homeopathic shop? It might not make sense to a lot of people. I don't know, but I want people to look into the venoms because they match up. When I'm working with my buddy, Neil, who's also a homeopath certified in homeoprophylaxis as well. Yes, he is using the higher attenuations or potencies. And we have those formulas and we've been utilizing them according to uh, directions. But in those cases, those people, I'm having them connect directly to get the instructions from the homeopaths that have worked with that, uh, form of homeopathy. So anyway, I haven't heard anybody, uh, uh proven the snake venom remedies yet. Uh, in all of my discussion of them in the last couple of years that I've mentioned them matching up pretty, pretty well to many of the symptom, uh, symptoms associated with COVID or the jab adverse events. So we'll see what Jana says after that. Hopefully, I'm glad to know you're out I, there. I, I yeah. want to say that mm -hmm. uh, I, I think we will get a response. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to the response. I think it's a good conversation. Absolutely, it is. An important one. I agree. Uh, let's see. Homeopaths gone wild. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, finally, growth hormone improves liver health in people with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Well, isn't that interesting? And how timely is that? Because this IGF-1 product can elevate HGH levels. Growth hormone improves liver health in people with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, so does Bryonia alba and Nux vomica and Chelidonium. Oh, my gosh. I said homeopathic remedies. I didn't mention the attenuation or posy. Oh, stop. Hey, okay. I know. I'm being silly now. <laughs> but go take my one-hour intro to Clinical Homeopathy 101 Plus to just get yourself started there. So, anyway, yeah, you want to elevate HGH safely? Exercise. Yes, exercise, drink clean water. And yes, you can take the IGF-1 Plus from Neutronics. Bell is the... I thought that was interesting. Although, you know, it's it's funny. I guess it, it 
when they do clinical trials and things like that, they have certain like you know parameters that they have to stick to yeah. when they're doing it for whatever reason, whether it's because they're trying to promote a certain drug yeah. or they're trying to whatever. Um, but you know, I'm looking at this and I'm going, so if growth hormone improves liver health in people with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, yeah. would it not improve liver health with people who don't have non-alcoholic yeah, but fatty you think liver about, disease? You, you know? think about this, this word, regeneration. What does regeneration require? growth hormone it requires the things that we have in abundance in our youth that seem to diminish over time not just because of time but because of toxicity and deficiency and lack of exercise and movement so yes the liver is the most regenerative uh organ if we know of all it can take a lot of abuse and it can still regenerate imagine if you have capacity to even regenerate it more with adequate hgh not synthetic but in a form that the body can utilize natural occurring either external or internal but there you go now, with that, if I keep this up, maybe I'll be big and strong like uh, Ty Bollinger one day, but check it out, Neutronics uh, IGF-1+. Plus. We might be giving away one of those. Or even this, which I saw retailed at 50% off for 300 was it 150 bucks? This is IGF-1+, Plus. this particular 300,000 level, platinum level. And I think we might be giving one of these away at our AMA, but you got to be part of our Patreon supporting crowd and join us on the, I believe, the 25th, a Saturday of... Uh, June, if that's the right date, or AMA on a Saturday this time. So check it out. Lots more links up in the show notes. I got to hang out with my buddy Ty Bollinger over the weekend, and we had a blast together. And I'm so glad he's back again today in hour two. So stick around for that. And <laughs> well, we'll get beyond the monkey pox, and we're going to go into, uh, well, discussions of morality in the United States. And yes, detoxification protocols. That and more on tap on the Robert Scott Bell Show, because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, fresh from uh, hanging out with my buddy Ty Bollinger this weekend. Apparently, he can't get enough, so he's back for more, and I'm pleased as punch. But he didn't punch me, thank goodness, because his biceps bigger than my head. Ty Bollinger is back on the Robert Scott Bell Show, going outside the box. Are you calling me Depeche Depeche Mode? Because I just can't get enough. <laughs> you know it, baby. <laughs> oh man, it's good to see you. Look at that muscle T-shirt trying to show off. Oh man, I uh, I had a good time seeing you this last weekend, man. I was I was imp I was impressed with how big you've gotten. Um, Y'all may you know you can't really tell from looking, but <laughs> Robert is extremely muscular, and he's gotten you know he's gained some additional size over the last year. Yeah, I mean, he's so got some I, muscle to send you. Yes, I'm. I'm. I like I said, I'm pleased to 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 see that I've got acknowledgement from the great big Ty Bollinger. That <laughs> yes, I've put on some muscle weight, and I'm pleased about it. I didn't like blowing over in a small breeze, right? This is an important part of standing our ground. We have to have some uh, some gravity on our side, and so we're working on all the things that we're doing, including the cardio miracle that you both we both do as well. Yep. And now this thing, you know, I I met Chris Key. You know, he's got the vaccine police uh, uh, thing, and He's, he's, he's a, he's a bold man. Uh, but I, I met him years ago, uh, back at one of the 
cancer control convention. Remember that cancer control society? I think it was back in LA. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, um, I think they're having a, the first cancer control society meeting in LA again this year for the first one in several years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Of all things to happen it back in California again, but I met, that's where I met Frank Stallone, became friends mm -hmm. with him and, and others that are using that. So it was, it was a lot of great, great folks that we've met over the years there. Uh, and as we, uh, uh, well, I, I try to be a living example for what I talk about. I, for me, it's, it doesn't feel right. If I talk about something that I don't do, it just, I can't, it's like, Ooh, that doesn't feel right. And super Don would call me out on it anyway. So I, I'm not going to get away with it. Uh, so as I do these things, I I'm happy to share with you guys and gals, what what's working and everything. And it was a great time, Ty. I'm so glad you could come out. I'm only sorry. We didn't get to see Charlene, uh, that weekend, but, uh, the boys had a good time together, hanging out with all the nurses and uh, they were great as well. And Kimberly Overton, shout out to you. Thank you for putting on the nurse freedom network there in Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, it was a really good event. Um, Enjoyed seeing you as well. Um, wish Charlene could have made it, but it's better that she got some rest. But it was it was a really well done event. Uh, Kimberly and the Nurses for Freedom, they did great. I think it was it was really good. Uh, had some fantastic speakers. They even asked us to speak. So they know, had some crazy. fantastic speakers, and then they had us as well. And look, Uncle Jam, check out Uncle that Jam. picture. That yeah, and Uncle Jam, boy, he was a good singer, wasn't he? Um, he did some some takeoff, some kind of Weird Al Yankovic type mm -hmm. uh, songs, but they were more freedom oriented. And he changed the words in popular songs like Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues. And then um, what the Rolling Stones, they changed. He, he changed. I can't get no satisfaction that I can't. I won't get no vaccination. That was, was awesome. Was brilliant. And he has a really good singing voice. Yeah. And he could go deep. Johnny Cash deep with his voice, Uncle Jam. He went deep, deep, as deep, if not deeper than Johnny Cash. He's got a booming low voice. Yeah, I was I was impressed, and we had to follow that. That was like very uh, intimidating. Yeah, I'm just glad they didn't ask us to sing. We can speak, <laughs> share our ideas, but if they had asked us to sing after that, that would have been yeah. bad. Well, actually, you you left already, but at the end, they brought up all the speakers who were there remaining to sing "God Bless America." But thankfully we weren't on microphone. Only the two really good singers were on microphone. So we could just mouth it and no one would be upset. There you go. There you go. Hey, one, one thing that happened last night that was just so cool. Uh, I play old man softball on Tuesday nights. And so mm -hmm. last night we were at our field and we had just started one of our, the first game of a double header. And on the field next to us was a college baseball game. And before their game, they had this guy that was singing the national anthem, like really good or a group that sounded really good. And all the guys on our softball field in the field next to us stopped and everybody saluted the flag while they sang the national anthem off in the distance. And it was really cool just to see all this happen just kind of organically. It just happened. They heard it and everybody stopped until it was over, even though it wasn't at our field. Dude, that's awesome. And I'm so glad yeah. you're out and actually getting the athletic endeavors going again. Cause I remember you, you had that, you had a foot, remember that got hurt and all that. So it sounds like you've recovered and you can actually get out there and do it again. Yeah. Thank I'm thankful that I can get out there and play. Um, I do my best. I'm not a great softball player, but I try hard and, um, and that's all you can do. We, our team actually is pretty stacked. There's a, there's a travel team that, that goes all over the country playing and, uh, and that's like the best of the best from our area. And mm -hmm. I think on our team, there's five that are on the travel team. So, I mean, we've got some really, really good hitters on our team. I'm, de I'm definitely not one of them, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to improve. 
So Dude, we'll, you, but you, we have a you, good time. You, you know, if I was pitching and I saw you come to bat, I'd be intimidated just looking at those, you know, biceps and forearms. So, um, well, you, you would be intimidated until you saw me swing a couple times and then you wouldn't be quite so intimidated. But um, <laughs> if you had never seen me swing, you'd say, man, that guy looks intimidating. <laughs> right. But then again, you know, with baseball and, and softball, it's just, it's, it's an unusual sport that all different body types, shapes, and sizes can succeed. It's not just a, you know, yeah. one size of a body or type of body that works. It's hard to predict. I mean, you, it, it you know, the, the guy that could be tubby and carrying a lot of belly weight and he could be a, the most dominant player. So it's not a one size fits all kind of sport. Yeah, that's true. It's not. And, and uh, I'd say I'm probably uh, on the guys on my team, you know, I'm in the 53 to 65 division. You know, there's there's a couple guys on my team that are in in good shape, like I am, but most of the guys aren't in really aren't, aren't in very good shape. But they're way better softball players than I am. So mm-hmm. it's really not softball is is really more hand eye coordination and you know having a good technicals in your swing and getting your yeah. weight into it and stuff like that. Which I've just never been a great hitter. I'm trying. I'm trying to improve. I'm not as bad as I say. I was four for seven last night. So I mean, well, I, that's not bad. But, I, but hit, like, I hit okay. But I'm not. I'm not a great hitter by any means. I, I'm like you when it comes to baseball. I enjoy baseball, softball, but uh, I've never been trained properly in swinging the bat. So I'm not a good hitter. But I think I could be if I was had coaching. But I'd like to be, you know, because I enjoy the sport. I certainly enjoy uh, uh, watching the baseball. And I know your son. Uh, Bryce is excelling at it at the collegiate level, and I, I just uh, enjoy it. Now, I, I like that we get to talk about these fun things, too, in the midst of a lot of tragic stories out there. Breaking yeah. news just came through as we were getting ready to go air in hour two here. Uh, it is the uh, 15th of June, 2022 today. <clears throat> FDA advisors, as we knew and I predicted, voted in favor of authorizing Moderna's COVID-19 jab for children six months through five years. And I'm telling you, if there is any doctor willing to inject a child with this stuff, they should be brought up on attempted murder or murder charges, and they should be run out of town on a rail or put in the stockade, and they should throw poo at their face, and that's too kind. Yeah, so this this just hit? Is that what you're yes. saying? Yeah, they I'm just approve it for six months old to five-year-old. Okay. Super Don, you can give them the link if you want to see it. It was Yeah, I, I, uh, I got the link here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, that was what uh, Bobby Kennedy's group, CHD, had sent out an urgent message yesterday saying that, you know, FDA is going to vote on this, whether they authorize it or not. Mm-hmm. So, um, looks like they did and which, which I think Bobby, Bobby's group reported on last night that it looked like that it had passed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not good news. Um, but, the, but expected, you know, expected. Yeah. Not shocking at all, but not good, but it, it just further proves our allegation or it supports our allegation that the FDA is bought off. They mm-hmm. are not, here to protect anything except pharma's profits in, in, you know, the vaccine industry. So uh, this is just more validation that we, what we've been saying all along is the truth. I mean, you can't approve a vaccine like this. It hasn't gone through proper testing. Um, and uh, what was it? Was it Dr. McCullough this weekend that was talking about the lack of testing? Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's so bizarre. It's like they haven't even, it's like they're not even trying no, to fool us with, with fake tests. I mean, they're just like, well, it's not had been tested. It doesn't matter. We're going to go and authorize it. It's, it's like past the point of absurdity now. Well, and if anybody's taking their kids to doctors that are willing to do this, the parents have to have some culpability now. 
not that we like to blame parents for this because they're deceived by doctors, but how much, how obvious does it have to become before parents say, there's no way and you know what, that I'm taking my kid to a pediatrician, especially one or anyone that would be willing to subject my child to this experimental injection, much less the ones that are doing it for teenagers. That's bad enough, but zero or six months to five years of age, parents, come on. You are going to wake up one day and, and you're going to be racked with guilt for not paying attention to your instinct and your critical thinking skills, if you have any, above and beyond the authoritarian doctors that are doing things that we would describe as atrocities of, of uh, World War II era Nazi Germany on children of today. Yeah, I mean, it is they are atrocities. And you just got to remember that I was talking to Charlene about that this this morning and People are so brainwashed. Very, very intelligent people are so brainwashed. Um, you know, I was talking about some of the some of the guys I play ball with, uh, play softball. Just you know, really prominent businessmen, and you know, they got their own companies and just doing really well. Very smart people, but so many, so many of them are so hoodwinked still by the coronavirus vaccine, for instance. Um, mm -hmm. I share this with you, but it's worth sharing again because we're talking about this topic now. Yeah. But a few weeks ago, a guy was talking about a 20-year-old kid that had had myocarditis a super fit athlete in college. And, you know, and he's like, well, you know, he's got myocarditis. Thank God he's triple jabbed, you know, triple vaxxed. But it's like, whoa, whoa, don't you understand that the, that the reason he has myocarditis is very, very likely that because of the jab. But but they've been so brainwashed to thinking, hey, even if you get COVID or even if you get a, some sort of a bad injury, thank God you got the jab because it would have been worse if you hadn't gotten vaccinated. And it's just such cognitive dissonance that, even very, very, you don't, you're not stupid people being deceived. These are smart people that are being deceived, which shows that this brainwashed propaganda campaign has been very successful thus far. Oh, it has. And, you know, I talked about my disgust with the allopathic medical profession, but at a certain point we have to turn our disgust to, as you point out, these so-called intelligent people in the business community that have influence, they have spheres of influence yeah. and their willingness to go along to get along. You know, if you if you wondered what you would do uh, back in the day when they were rounding up the Jews, now you know. I mean, it's yeah. it's just it's just a sad reality. And then that brings up the discussion points for this hour with you, my friend. It's about morality. Um, this Gallup poll is rever revealing that a record high fifty percent of Americans rate U.S. moral values as poor, and I will rate the allopathic communities. Uh, moral values is almost non-existent except for those that are speaking out overtly vocally intensely about the criminal behavior of the medical profession at this point to inject everyone with experimental mrna uh, jabs yeah this is uh i mean i'm not sh shocked at all by the number that 50 percent of americans rate our values as our morals as being poor i think it should actually be high it should be higher but I'm, you know, one out of two people say that, you know, we have poor moral ethics. I, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd say morally we are bankrupt now. The stuff that's going on out there the, with all of the crap with the trans strip club stuff. And it's like, when do we come to the position that this is OK for kids to see? I mean, it's like 20 or 30 years ago, this would have been not even in the realm of possibility. Um, and even those on the other side would have said this, that's absurd. We would never expose mm -hmm. kids to something like that. You know, it's, it's immoral, but now it's just like, 
uh, you know, and it's, it's less than 1% of the people. So yeah. they, again, this, this is the way that they buy influence that they brainwash people into thinking this is mainstream because that's all you see. And, you know, while we're on the topic, you know, you've got these, uh, you know, professional sports organizations now that are each having, you know, a, a pride day. And it's like, not that we criticize any particular kind of people, but why would that deserve a, a day in and of itself when so many other things seem to be more important? It's because of they're, they're, they're debasing our morals here in the United States and it's by intent. Yeah. And look at the, the medical profession is, is by and large worse than even the general population in terms of its morality. Many of in the allopathic realm are pretty much atheistic or behaving as if there is no God or creator. Yeah. Um, this trans agenda, trans agenda, check this out. ABC News reporting that uh, treatment can start even younger. According to these new guidelines, a leading transgender health association has lowered its recommended minimum age for gender transition treatment in teens, including starting sex hormones at age 14 and surgeries around 15. Dude, this is before the age of majority. This is before they're actually considered an adult, according to the law, and they're allowing children to make these decisions that are often ir irreparable and, and can't be reversed. And and these 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 hormones are carcinogens. They ca they cause cancer. On top of that, and it's like, do these kids understand that even? And do you get parental uh, allowances here to say no? I you know if your child has some uh, gender confusion, dysphoria, etc where where is the discussion of of what may be causing that instead of going well let's just encourage it further to manifest and let's just lop off body parts yeah i mean that's again that's the bizarre world that we live in now you're you have someone of this age not old enough to buy a cigarette not old enough to buy a beer but old enough to decide if they want to cut off their junk or if they want to take cancer causing hormones to switch their their sex or their, their sexual identification. You're not switching your, your sex or your gender. You're just switching what you identify with. That's just bizarre that you're old enough to do that, but you can't buy a cigarette or a beer. It, again, this is, a, this is an agenda, folks. This is, this is the way that they bring down a society. It's part of the communist playbook, the way that they distort uh, morals and, and they degrade ethics in a society. It's part of the way that they take over a society is by doing this. It's part of a plan. Yeah. I haven't seen that documentary. What is a woman yet by Matt Walsh? Uh, but the puberty blockers that we're seeing, uh, Christie's saying is used to chemically castrate sex offenders, you know, same stuff they're giving to kids here. Uh, so, uh, I look at this story of psychologists. They reference Erica Anderson. She resigned her post as board member of the world professional association for transgender health last year after voicing concerns about sloppy treatment given to kids without adequate counseling. Well, somebody has a conscience there at least. Uh, she says, they tell me horror stories. They tell me our child has 20 minutes with the doctor before being offered hormones. The parents leave with their hair on fire. Uh, estimates on transgender youth and adults worldwide vary partly because of different definitions. Um, I, look, we never heard of this growing up, and now some are saying as high as one in five, twenty percent of children, are, you know, want to be transgender. No, th that is absolutely artificially no. induced and not real. And uh, you know, if that twenty percent suddenly in 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 the span of no time, suddenly twenty percent of all kids don't know what sex they are. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's another statistic that just made up. There's no way kids that age don't even think about that. We didn't. 
our friends didn't you don't think about that i mean you don't think about things like sex until you're 13 14 typically um it, it certainly kids that are young like a, a, an infant might want to dress up in a blue outfit or a pink outfit but that has nothing to do with that if, they, if it's a little boy would dress him in a pink outfit he wants to be a girl that has nothing to do with the reason some people like colors better mm -hmm. um but now we're you know we we have parents and this is in my opinion this is child abuse that are parents that are bringing their three four five even younger kids into strip clubs to see trans performances and uh, i mean Robert, before last year, when all this nonsense started, if forget the trans strip clubs, but if you or I had taken a young boy to a normal strip club, we would have been arrested mm -hmm. because you got to be 21 to get in. And if you sneak them in, that's, you know, abuse of a minor. Right. But now that you can take three or four year olds, your own kids into a trans strip show and that's somehow okay it's, a, I don't it's applauded in fact it's just bizarre uh it is yeah so when we talk about morality or ethics it's like does anything exist or is there anything that's off limits anymore and and i've said this about the uh, the democrat agenda or let's say a largely of the democrats i haven't heard many republicans before this but the lowering of the age of consent to vaccination without parental knowledge or authority and I said, if they can do that, if they can give kids the opportunity to make life and death decisions about a shot that they get that could kill them, then what else is it that the left thinks that kids can consent to? You know where I'm going with this. The idea that kids can enter into adult relationships of all kinds is an inevitable outcome of the reduction or elimination of the idea that below a certain age, kids are not ready to make those kinds of decisions. And it would normalize, uh, I think, very abusive relationships that, yes, have existed in time immemorial, but were considered horrible things to be punished, not to be lauded or approved of as a lifestyle choice. Yeah. I'm, what, what, how do I comment to that? I agree. I mean, it's the fact that we're here and that these type of scenarios are being applauded by people on the other or universally it seems like it's on both sides of the aisle not everyone but there's a sampling of every of all groups it's it's beyond me how, i mean how can you even think this is okay what's going on i don't get it well i don't know if we can explain it other than uh, an abandonment of uh, the things that we we thought were values that uh i guess a culture would have norms and of course all of those are being destroyed I've talked about this. I'm not the only one, of course, saying this, that the government itself and the U.S. tax code was designed partly, at least the CIA admits, to destroy the family unit, to make it so that, that uh, uh, you know, one of the family members, usually the, usually the mom, would stay home and care for the kids, the most important job in the world, really, in raising the next generation. And they made it untenable because the, tax, uh, the taxes were eating so much of the, in, the inflow that inevitably both parents had to leave the home and then they had to turn the kids over to be raised by the state. And that's where we get more of the overt corruption of the belief that mommy and daddy are not mommy and daddy, but they're nanny state government 
you know, represent representatives yeah. and or medical representatives of the pharmaceutical state because they're licensed by government and we're looked, we're looked, or we've been trained to look upon doctors as something greater than human demigods in a sense that they know things and we just uh, should just acquiesce to their authoritarian ways. And now we find that what they're willing to do is amoral. It lacks any morality injecting children with mRNA shots now that have been approved as an emergency use authorization jab via the FDA today. Yeah, um, I'm sad that that happened, but we did, we expected it, right? It's not, we're not shocked. Um, but again, that's just, we got to continue the fight. We got to yeah. continue sharing the truth about this because now, because they're authorized, you know, you're going to have the majority of, of Americans are going to say, well, if it's FDA said it's okay, if it's authorized, which they will equate with being FDA approved, right? Let's, let's, let's admit that. That they think that means that it's been approved and it's been mm -hmm. tested when it hasn't. They don't know what EUA is. Most people don't know what EUA is or any of that stuff. They just they think don't. FDA yeah. said it's okay, so it's safe. They're going to go get the jab for their kids. And have you seen the article that Mike Adams posted recently with the little globules and stuff that's in the blood of the cadavers of people that have taken the vaccine? Mm -hmm. Right? Man, that's, and that's well, going into kids now. That's where I got to say the parents have got to step up and say no. That's where it ends. That's where it stops, because we know that we can't stop the quote unquote government and its agencies from doing what we know horrific and even murderous things. The question is whether the people of America, the parents of America say enough. Now, I'm a little bit more optimistic. You, you threw out the number that it might be a majority that will suddenly now go. I don't think it will be. I don't know what that number is, but I remember maybe we were on the air together when this happened. But a, a Kaiser uh, poll questioned parents about if they would be interested or if they would get their child jabbed vaccinated they call it if the fda authorizes or approves a shot for six months to five years of age just what's happened mm -hmm. and in this kaiser uh, a poll just a hair over 80 percent said no not interested so right. it might not be a majority that suddenly go on it might be a minority but still that's a tragedy for that minority of people and those kids unbeknownst to them being subjected to medical experimentation, Nazi like atrocities at this point. Uh, so I'm encouraged, but at the same time, the, the, the recognition now is that if we cannot stop these government agencies from doing what we know that they continue to do, what's our next best bet? Stop complying period. Yeah. Not, not even subtle, just stop complying, stop participating, stop engaging, stop supporting, stop funding, all of that, because you're funding, if not your own demise and imprisonment, then others, because you're empowering them to go after those that are not in the know, you know, the parents that aren't awake yet and aware of this. Yeah, I mean, the power of no, the power of non-compliance, I will not submit, I do not consent. I mean, that's what we've got to do. It's time to draw the line and stand and say no. So I, and I agree with that. And I, I do remember that study. Um, somebody had mentioned that study this weekend, right? We were uh, about the 80%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I was really, what I was trying to communicate, not necessarily that the majority of people will do it. The majority of those who do it are going to do it because they, th they the FDA said it's okay. Right. So right. That, that's kind of what I meant to, meant to say, because I was familiar with that. And was it 20%, only about 20% ish? Yeah. Oh, we're really interested. Yeah. And, and yeah. So say it better next time, Ty. Yeah, I mean, it's good enough for me to just to get a sentence out. So. <laughs> well, that was me yesterday, dude. I I was having trouble. What my brain was thinking, what my mind uh, it was it was horrible, horrible. Well, no, shows. It was, I think of Sunday when we were doing the show together live at the yeah. event, and um, I said Bell Digtree, and you said Del Bigtree. <laughs> <Bell, laughs> yes, that was funny. 
Bell Dictory, whatever. Y'all, you know, apparently the show came out really well. I heard from Bob Denny over at Brideon.tv because we simulcast that hour we we recorded there. And it it apparently went well. And it was so loud because we were not far from the actual speaker stack. It was was the real true test of those headset microphones. uh, And they really do work. They uh, Super Don says they gate out all the noise when you're talking or when I'm talking. And we were able to get a good show out on Sunday. So if you missed it. Uh, we were live from the Nurse Freedom Network. Again, thanks to shout out to Kimberly Overton and, and her crew. And uh, Christy's in the audience. She picked me up from the airport. That was nice. And we had a great, great weekend. And I just so enjoyed. And next time I come back, we'll have to both go to that, ur- or what is it called? Urban, H-E-R-B-A-N market in Franklin. Oh, my gosh. the Urban market, yeah. Urban market. Yeah, that's a, it's a great restaurant, local, local place where all the healthy people want to eat at Urban Market. And it's yeah. kind of like in the cool area of Nashville, outside of Cool Springs, you know, down Brentwood area. So very cool place to eat. And first time that we went to Urban Market, I was telling you this story was like mm-hmm. about five years ago when the Vaxxed tour bus was coming through the first Vaxxed. Okay. And uh, Del Bigtree was there. And I think Andy Wakefield was there and a few other people on the Vaxxed bus were there at Urban Market. And, and uh, they called us up and said, hey, meet us down. And so we, we went down there and hung out with them. That's the first time we've been to Urban Market, but great restaurant. If you're in oh Nashville area, you got to go there. I'm thinking if you go down that area to church, I'm eating there for brunch after church every Sunday. That's just my thing. Yeah, it's great. It's a great place. It, it really is nice. Yeah, good food. Yeah. Good organic All right. stuff. Right up your alley. Yes, it was. It was. So let's go back to the morality discussion here this hour because that's a big theme. Then we'll go into detoxification discussion. That's an important uh, discussion here today. Uh, headline out of ABC News, U.S. abortions rise. One in five pregnancies terminated in 2020. This is a shocking number. I had no concept that this was happening at at, at this clip. 20% of all pregnancies are terminated. 20%. Uh, Is that real? Did you have any idea it was, it was that significant of a number? I didn't know. That's, that's sad. All the babies being killed. Um, Yeah. You know, and I, I'd like, I wonder what the, the, uh, the breakout of those, you know, the 20% is as far as the ethnicity of those babies. Um, because one of the things that we covered in propaganda exposed was mm-hmm. with Planned Parenthood, their, their goal from the start has been to reduce, you know, the, the minority populations, or as Margaret Sanger called the reckless breeders and the useless weeds. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that we, we know that we've seen their, their documents, we've seen the writings, we've seen their letters, we've, we've seen the videos. Yeah. So uh, I wonder how many of those are black or Hispanic or, or you know, another minority as, com- you know, compared to white. I, I just right. I don't know. But it's well, sad. we know, as you point out, that the entire abortion industry was uh, intent on uh, eliminating the births of, of minorities, of black yeah. folks. That was a very racist construct of, of Sanger and, and those that followed on. And yet they've really got a lot of it, not all, but a lot of the black community aligned with this. Uh, pro-abortion, pro-Planned uh, uh, Parenthood, you know, supporting the elimination of more percentage-wise black babies than any other. Uh, you now it says medication abortions, the two-drug combination, sometimes called the abortion pill, accounted for 54% of that. So, so let's say 10% were what we call medical uh, intervention procedures, surgical okay. intervention, and the other half were the chemical uh, versions. So it kind of breaks it down a little different, but still 20% of all uh, pregnancies resulting in termination, purposeful termination. That's amazing. It is sad. It's, uh, and you know, God, uh, 
God does not look favorably on societies that don't take care of women and children. Yeah. And there certainly are. It's not like there's any lack of ways to prevent pregnancies from occurring at this point. I'm just like, really? If you know you don't want to have a baby, might might you want to do something to prevent it from happening and avoid having to go through that? All right. I, I don't have more to say on it, but it certainly falls into the, the, the amorality, if you will, the lack of concern for life itself. And well, well, hey, that, look, we know the globalists want to reduce population. What a better way to get us to reduce our own population than to, for us to kill ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kill easier for them. Abortion, kill ourselves by allowing ourselves to be injected with vaccines that kill us or cancer causing chemicals, whatever it's, you know, kill yourselves, GMO yeah. foods, kill yourself, eat it. Yeah, exactly. The choices we make. And many of us are still convinced that they're not our own choices. We're victims of, of whatever life brings to us. But I uh, look generationally and say, look, we, this decline has been on for a long time. We didn't wake up overnight and suddenly the things we're discussing happened. And the abandonment, as I said, of you know, I, I think I was pretty direct about what happened in COVID, right? That um, our fear of germs, which is a fear of life, which is a fear of death and vice versa, it's a disconnect. Fear disconnects us from our source of everything, our rights, our life, everything from God. And that this happened because we've abandoned that spiritual connection to the divine more than anything else as far as an explanation. I mean, I can go into the nuances of medical ignorance, true, but the fear, the fear of germs really set the stage for this to manifest. And we are not told to have a spirit of fear if you follow anything in the Bible. I don't recall reading that. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, uh, the germ theory versus the terrain theory, we covered that in episode two of Propaganda Exposed. You were in it quite a bit because you hit the germ theory better than anyone else. But um, yeah, that's that is the foundation, the faulty foundation that's given rise to all this COVID nonsense and all the fear and the propaganda is because we've been told to be afraid of germs. And uh, the reality is, as you were saying, Robert, uh, on stage Sunday, we're we are mostly not us. Our bodies are mostly bacteria yeah. and and uh, and things that are not us. We, the majority of us is actually not us. Yes, yeah, isn't that wild? So, yeah, it, it really is wild when you think about it. It's, and it's really what more 90, 10, 90 percent, 10 percent. Right. So what are we? I mean, that's the thing I talk about our physicality. And I always try to get into a spiritual perspective on it, that we are spirit, if you will, created in God's image. And these physical body or shells that we live in, I mean, these I call them a temple that I would like to not desecrate. I like to care for. Obviously, mm -hmm. I, I, in my experience, those who have been with me for years on this show know and you know my history of my young years from zero to 24 being chronically ill. And why does, why am I motivated to live the way I, I live? Because I was so sick that if I continued the same path, I wouldn't be here. I would be a statistic or something, you know, with, with what happened to our old, typically older generations, but I was having it in a, in a younger year, like a canary in the coal mine. And so uh, I'm motivated to buy. I just don't want to be sick. And I know what it's like to be sick. And I know what it's like to break myself out of it. I know what it took. And, and so I try to train and teach people if they're willing to do a little bit better, their bodies will give them a lot better in return. And yet the whole microbiological reality of our lives, we destroy because we're afraid of it with chemotherapy drugs like antibiotics, like their candy dispense. And who does that? The doctors who should know better. Now they should because there's plenty of peer reviewed medical literature talking about the microbiome, whether it be in the gut or anywhere else in or on the body. Okay. All right. That was it. That's it.
Okay, cool. Because I, I was going to reply to something you said about a minute ago, and I, I lost my train of thought while you, <laughs> my uh, bad. When, you, when you continued on. So, yeah, sorry, man. I don't even know what I was going to add to that. Well, if it comes back, let me know. I mean, I'm talking I mean, you, too you much. Went to, I, you went to the microbiome. I mean, you're right. Yeah. There's a lot of doctors don't they don't get the microbiome still, but they should because mm -hmm. now the research is out and it's pretty mainstream about the importance of the microbiome, the importance of good bacteria. I mean, that's everybody. Every doctor knows what probiotics are and prebiotics. They should at least. And so they're pretty mainstream. So they should get it. But at the same time, while they should get it, why, if they get it, are they prescribing antibiotics like their candy when they know that they're going to destroy the good bacteria? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so again, do they know? Probably, but they're incentivized to act against what they know by pharma. Well, what I like to see about these doctors like Peter McCullough is the openness now, like never before to go. I know I wasn't trained in that. I want to hear more from you. Right. I want to hear more from the homeopaths and the herbalists and the naturopaths. And this is where we'll have a discussion that will be beneficial to everybody. Not a monopoly on on, on thought and control through medicine, but a, a better betterment for all patients or people just in general about health and healing. And that leads us to the detoxification article. You and Ty, I'm mean, sorry, you and Ty, you and you, Ty and Ty is here. It's Charlene and Ty wrote. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I told you I'm not all back yet, but top protocols with amazing benefits talking about detoxification. And it's a simple step-by-step -step method. Maybe we can go through some of these because this is the way we regain our health, our vitality. And I think our yeah. minds, our mental health will be better because our physical health is better as well. Yeah. So these, I mean, these are just basic detox things, but you know, people need basics that you need a foundation. And if you've heard detox, maybe, maybe you're intimidated by the word and you're like, Oh, I don't even know what a detoxification is. Well, look, there's a lot of basic things that you can do to make sure you detoxify every day. And it's just detoxification, just getting rid of toxins. And one of the main ways is drink a lot of water, drink plenty of water, yep. you know, clean it as clean as you can. Well, I'm mm -hmm. not going to go into the different purification systems and all the machines, whatever as clean yep. of water as you can. And you need to drink it's plenty, plenty of water to stay hydrated. That's so important because your body's mostly water. Um, yep. and at the same time, you know, you want to exercise and sweat every day. So, and that gets rid of water, right? But that's how you get rid of toxins too. So exercising, uh, especially like if you have one thing that you can do and you only have 10 minutes to exercise a day, get a little mini trampoline and jump on it for 10 minutes. Because yeah. you, while you're jumping, you know, you can do other things. Like you can, you know, you can do your shoulder raises. You can do right. isometrics. You can do all kinds of stuff while you're jumping. To work your the rest of your body so yeah. i think that's probably the best exercise to recommend to somebody that wants to be healthy on a limited amount of time um, yeah so water and exercise this yeah. morning at the gym ty i went um uh, you know we know you it's like the bar like cheers you know the regulars right you get to know people yeah. right yeah. he's like hey you know it's a nice thing people are going through similar things and there are a number of uh millennial moms that are really fit and look great. And then there are some that are coming in, they're overweight, trying to, you know, and I kudos to everybody there. And there's this one uh, mom there. She brings her child there. Sweet, sweet lady. And for the first time, you know, I've talked to her before and I was, we were joking about the uh, annoying millennial moms that just want to listen to, I don't even know what it's called hip hop. I don't even know what it is. It's not music. <laughs> it's just me being old saying that, but okay. But, and then there are others they are like, no, I can chill with whatever. And she, she's such a sweet lady. And then I was talking to her, you know, more close, closely, like face to face, not, and I was like, what's in your mouth. And then another one of the ladies who's was another nice, nice lady there, uh, came up, what are you doing? Asking her about what's in her mouth. Right. They know me, they know I'm a homeopath, a doctor and all that. So 
and, and I saw a mouthful of uh, mercury amalgams. And she says, yeah, I've had some of them removed, but I, I still have a lot of these things. And I was like, and, and this woman is working out hard just about every day on there. And she's carrying a lot of extra weight that you'd say, how is she still carrying that weight with all the workouts she did? Now I understood she's mercury toxic. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, this is, you know, part of the explanation as we talk about detoxification, if we don't remove that burden, the body will in defense of its vital life force, if you will, and ability to function dilute that by maintaining extra wet water, extra fat cells mm -hmm. as a protective mechanism on, in addition to emotional things like that. So as a, another example of, you know, in one of these things you talk about as well as be picky about what you put into your body. That's a, you know, number nine on that list. That's where we go. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I got mercury in my teeth. Didn't know anything about it when I was younger and eventually got them removed. And my wife got hers removed to help us to be able to have healthy lives and healthier children. Yeah. And, you know, you, now that I think about it, Robert, you look at the mercury amalgams, you look at uh, the, the heavy metals in vaccines, you look at a lot of the, the chemicals that they're putting in the food, the phytoestrogens, the xenoestrogens, I mean, not the phyto, the xenoestrogens. Yeah, the xeno, yeah. um, and you, you wonder how much of, of our obesity problem here is actually not, doesn't have anything to do or has very little to do with the food and has more to do with damage that's been caused by one of these things that causes the body to start storing fat to protect from some of the toxic exposures earlier in life. You just wonder that because mm -hmm. we've never seen morbid obesity like we do today um, anywhere. Right. And, 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 and even I don't, I'm not talking about like the 900 pound people that get down to 600 pounds on the show on TV. I mean, talking about, you know, somebody that's 150 pounds overweight is morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people that are way overweight and you just wonder how many of them. Um, it's not just a, a, an obsession with food or eating too right. many calories, but it's, it's 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 something more than that. Yeah, a toxicological burden that uh, the body as an adaptation for survival uh, dilutes with extra water and fat that you can't seem to uh, seem to relinquish no matter what you do now. Some of it may be emotional abuse in situations like that can serve to uh, result manifest in physical, uh, you know, fat cells. Right. It's just a protection uh, against the emotional abuse, et cetera. These are uh, multifactorial. When we talk about detoxification, sometimes we have to detoxify from emotional events as well. And I think at the uh, yeah, at the Health Freedom Expo, uh, Dr. Is it Brad Nelson? Emotion code is going to be there. He's okay. cool, man. We're dealing with a lot of emotional things and helping people resolve that to get past that. Uh, number three on this list, uh, you put there, go green in your home and office. That's another thing. Toxic poisons and the cleaning agents, the, the washing machine detergents, all of these things are very important. Uh, fiber to help uh, bind and remove things as well. Um, talk about dry brushing. Have you actually done the dry brushing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just... And there's different, there's lots of different types of brushes that you can use, but you just rub it over your skin, you know, and, and uh, rub it over your extremities to start with, like, yeah. so your, your feet and your hands, and you can kind of work up from there, but it's great to stimulate the lymphatic flow. There's probably nothing better than, than dry brushing. Yeah. I didn't like it, but I, I looked down at the brush and it was actually a Brillo pad and I had to switch it out. Then I'm, then I'm okay now with okay. the real brush. <laughs> that explains, that explains a lot robert yeah that was that a little slow a on the uptake there <laughs> we talk about good bacteria again probiotics prebiotics good food choices yeah. choosing organic you know me i'm the organic food nazi according to some 
but I don't judge anybody about it. I just say, look, once you know better, you kind of try to do better. And even if it's not certified organic, grow it yourself or find farmers that may not be certified organic, but their growing practices are very clean. It might be as well as good or even better. Uh, but the idea of organic, right, is not mm -hmm. synthetic, not toxic in terms of the, the residues that end up coming in that counter the good stuff that's in that food. Yeah. And here's a, here's a good suggestion, too, is that when you if you're going to your local grocery store, like we have a really good uh, local Kroger that has a big organic section. Publix actually has a great organic section now, too. So that's the two that are close to us. Um, buy the organic stuff. Don't just be glad it's there. Buy them. Because buying it causes their inventory manager to keep reordering it and it get, they'll, they'll grow their supply. So every time I'm in there in Kroger, if I see a new product even that looks like it might be interesting to the kids, you know, like an organic cracker, peanut butter cracker or something, I'll buy a box because then they'll, they'll start reordering more from that supplier that's giving you organic produce or boxes of goods or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good suggestion. Is don't, don't just be glad that it's there. Yeah. Buy it and support yeah. the people that are growing organic. Okay, another practice here, coconut oil pulling. You put that out. That's my favorite oil to use. I know people use different oils. I like to do the coconut oil. Uh, and uh, on number 10 on the list, we, we go to meditate and pray, contemplate, prayerful, mindful meditation, whatever you call it, that getting quiet, listening to the voice of, of God or whatever you perceive that to be is a huge part of the directives in my life. How I've learned is not just through study of books, but you know, through prayer, through contemplation, through communication with the divine to be guided, to do better. And that's been a big part of how I've learned what I, I've learned. And, and sometimes when I switch up and do something different, it's because of those times where I'm getting quiet and listening to the voice of spirit direct me. Yeah. And, you know, you can combine too as well. So um, one of the things that I like to do is like when I'm in the, I'm detoxifying in the sauna, the, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, far infrared sauna, mm -hmm. I'll be sweating like crazy just detoxifying that way, but also getting some rest because yeah. I like to snooze. A little. That's great. That's great for detoxifying. Um, and then at the end, begin breathing exercises and I'll, I'll breathe in, you know, four or five seconds in through mm -hmm. your nose to get the nitric oxide and then eight to 10 seconds out. And so do breathing and then I'll pray as well. So you can combine a lot of this stuff. You know, if you're too busy to do it all, you, know, you can do it all, you know, kind of at the same time if you work yeah. it properly. So breathing goes hand in hand with, with prayer for me, at least. Yeah, that's beautiful. I appreciate that. Finally, 10 ways to jumpstart autophagy or autophagy for cancer protection. Ty and Charlene put this out June 9th uh, uh, at thetruthaboutcancer.com. We have this linked up at robertscottbell.com, as always. And you could sign up for email alerts there and also here. And we'd love for you to do that. Uh, number one on the list, a plant-based diet, ketogenic diet two high quality proteins. What other things jump out for you in this article? Well, just, just for people that don't understand what autophagy is, it's the, it's a cellular process by which your body, uh, and it, uh, degrades and recycles old cells. So that's autophagy. autophagy. Yes. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, ketogenic diet is great. And, and, and autophagy can actually, um, help get rid of cancer at times, but also, um, it's a normal biological process, but it can also promote cancer in certain ways. Um, so, and then we wrote an article on that. We don't have time to go into, into it, but if, mm -hmm. uh, let me send you, actually it's in the article. Just if you, if you're reading that article, the 10 ways, yes, right. And right above number one there, it says click here to learn why autophagy is a double edged sword. Yes. So, and I invite them to go, go read there, uh, about autophagy being a double edged sword. So anyway, 
ketogenic diet though, high quality protein, intermittent fasting is great from a me metabolic standpoint, but also from an, uh, let me see, is, is this, is this a word autophagenic standpoint? <laughs> I like if not, it. I just made it up. Yes. That's um, a good one. Exposure to vitamin D is another one. And then uh, heat and cold. This is something that they do in other countries much more than us. Like uh, go from a, a sauna into a, cold a, plunge. a you know a bowl or a big old tub of you know ice water, and then back into a hot sauna, and then back into ice water. They do that in other countries, not as much here. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, in other countries, it's almost a measure of the man, if you will, and not yeah. to be sexist, but um, it, it's mostly men that you see competing in some of these contests. But they have contests with this kind of stuff. So, but it's very healthy, very healthy. Until you come out of that ice water and you're speaking like this. <laughs> I, you know, when, when we were in uh, Asia, there was, they had some ice water and they had a sauna uh, in Thailand somewhere. And Andre Repasevsky, our friend from yep. Latvia, he challenged me to go do that. And Bryce was with us as many times as we could. And man, he just would have kept going. They just do it. I, I was like, man, I've had enough. Oh yeah. No, I'm done. I'm done. All right. So oh, that's all for you. Okay. Yes. Prioritize, prioritize sleep. Sleep's a big issue. We've talked about that on this show a number of times. Anti-inflammatory herbs, uh, consume green tea and coffee. If that works for you, organic Drink coffee, apple cider. coffee, yeah, yeah, organic apple cider vinegar, uh, perform resistance and high intensity interval training. And you know, when we talked about uh, the vitamin D as well as the autophagy discussion, uh, I've learned recently and I've covered this in some webinars, our favorite, uh, uh, supplement every day you and I we both do is the cardio miracle and mm -hmm. the uh, sustained production of nitric oxide that is done safely also facilitates apparently more efficient autophagy or autophageal <laughs> practice Good within work. the body and like you get the benefits of intermittent fasting and it also now facilitates the stored vitamin D to be converted into the active form within the body because a lot of people are taking D and not getting the full benefit because their body's not utilizing it. So now we know that the, uh, the yeah. wonderful uh, uh, cardio miracle is facilitating the use of vitamin D within the body already. Yeah, and and y'all just Robert's not just saying that he likes cardio miracle. He really does because Sunday at the event he was drinking some, and I said, Robert, give me some of that. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I will later. And he never yeah, did. after my talk, and I he never, never did. did. You so left. He so kept it all to himself. He does like it. Stinker. Yeah, this is what you get. So, uh, <laughs> but we're, we're continuing to drink it and appreciate it here. And uh, I, I know that Cardio Miracle will be at the Red Pill Expo. I plan to be there as well as MC and speaker. And hopefully Ty and Charlene could be there. I don't know if they're, you, you talk to Ed, maybe there's an no, opening. We'll hopefully see. We, we will not be there now. Can't, um, okay. Uh, I would have I done it, but uh, the speakers were full. And we're still kind of on standby, but sure. I have already booked a uh, surgery for my left eye to get uh. Because of the retina, you know, surgery, right. I have cataract. And so okay. All right. I'll be I'll be recovering from surgery at that point. Okay. Well, uh, all the best on that. But we'll be talking between now and then a lot more, Ty. And yeah. again, it was great to hang out with you this weekend. So, so good to see you, my brother. And I uh, look forward to seeing you to get again sometime soon, somewhere where we're all together again for a reunion. So with that, we're going to wrap up this hour and uh, be back with the bonus round. Uh, TMB, tell them what they need to know before we got to go. Remember, the power to heal is yours. Well, that was fast. We're back. 
bonus round starts now. Super D, I just uh, sent you uh, another ski, Steve Kirsch uh, Substack article. I got it before you. You did. saw it too, huh? I already got yeah. it. Yeah. This is this is again more of the why are we even interested in listening to anything the FDA ha- has to say or do? Instead, go whatever they approve, don't do it. Just stop. Pfizer phase three clinical trial fraud allegations that should be immediately investigated by the FDA. More than a dozen smoking guns that indicate that the Pfizer uh, phase three trial was not properly conducted. And of course, they're not investigating it. It's it's a it's a you know, it's a done deal. This is the way they play it. And what's new? Am I just being <laughs> like a uh, whatever? Yeah, I'm not a whatever um, guy. I'm like, stop. Yeah. Just stop looking at to I them. Know, look, dude, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, but you know, the way I look at it is this is a battle. This is a battle that's taking place and, um, it's not going away anytime soon. You know, I mean, this is the same stuff that we've been dealing with for years. It's just that on steroids over the last couple of years. Um, and you know, I mean, in some ways I think we've, we've, uh, succeeded in other ways. Um, we're still fighting an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. On a lot of this stuff. So I'll tell you what, man. Uh, if nothing else, they've given us plenty to talk about, haven't they? Yeah, they're going for broke. They're hell-bent for leather. But the thing, you know what's different, though, this what? time? What is it? Is that we've got the Glenn Greenwalds and the Steve Kirsches, you know, and, and the Vinay Prasads and, and, you know, and all the other people that are out there that are, are doing the Substack thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's... there's it's an exciting time. It wow. really is uh, because there are a lot of people that now um, have joined together and a lot of allies. Yeah, I guess it's just never me. Never would have thought we would have had. It's you know? me being concerned maybe too much. So I don't know if that's possible of the people that haven't plugged into all that we do and now the Kirches and Greenwalds that are pointing all of this out. And, then, and maybe I'm just being silly by being overly concerned about people we could never reach. But I'm just, that's just. My, my heart goes there, right? I don't want to see anybody suffer. I know I can't stop. Look at it happening. this way. Look at it this way. Yeah. Let's say five years ago. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the number of people that we have reached now? Yeah, that's true. I mean, back then it probably would have been like, how would that happen? How could we do that? Whatever like that, you know, mm-hmm. but we've been able to. Yeah. And a lot of people have been able to, you know, and the place that we're at right now, we can thank you know, we can literally thank the people like the Fauci's and the and the Bill Gates's and and, and stuff out there for for being so stupid mm-hmm. and effing up, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. That it's opened a lot of people's eyes and people are more open to talking about it now mm-hmm. and looking at it. You know? <sighs> yeah. Otherwise, none of this stuff would have been on so many people's radar had this not happened. No, it's, it's it sucks. It sucks what people have gone through the last two years. Yeah. But can we look at that? Is it possible we can look at that and find find a positive out of that? I think so. Yeah, look on the bright side, Super Don. Give you a prop right. for that. Yes. It's, it's the long game that we need to look at. So real quick, I yeah. know that we covered it uh, in the beginning of hour two, but the poll of the day in the newsletter today oh, yeah. had to do with the morality uh, uh, question. Yeah, I sorry I didn't get to that because we no, could, it's okay. That's okay. why I'm here. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Fifty yeah. percent of Americans rate U.S. moral values as poor. How do you rate U.S. moral values? Put that out to everybody who subscribed to the newsletter. And if you're not, why not? Yeah. It's too easy. I mean, you can sign up at the, at the website. You can click on the link. Or you can just take your phone, which you probably have in your hand right now anyway, mm-hmm. 
and you can text RSB to 22828. Uh, it'll ask you for your email address and you'll be subscribed. And then you'll be able to take part in these <clears throat> daily polls. Mm -hmm. So how do people, how do our viewers, listeners, yeah. our uh, 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 subscribers rate U.S. moral values? I wasn't shocked by the result. Mm -hmm. 78.3% uh, wow. say that moral values are poor in the United States. Uh, next up to that would be fair. Uh -huh. That's all the agnostics in the, in the crowd. Wow. Uh, then uh, what do we have here? 4% we're not sure. 3.5% say it's good. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and we had 1%, two people, yeah. think that the moral values in this country are excellent. Who are those people? I think I mm -hmm. think that's got to be people that just just wanted to just be uh, sarcastic yeah. or something. I don't know. Well, and I know that when you when you asked that question earlier before we went on the air, I was like, well, morality in terms of the entire country is sort of like a collective ideal, because if you if you talk to individuals, you can learn about their moral code or lack thereof. But I guess yeah. this is more of a preponderance of a majority of people. That's a sense of feeling we're not on a good moral standing right now. With the things that are happening. You know what's interesting? I, a couple of things, and, and you're right. I mean, you know, if you had the ability to take the that data and just break it out even further and kind of see what people meant or whatever like that, but you know, I mean, that would take you know a year to 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 get through. But you know, I, I think it's interesting when you see questions similar to this, where it's it's dealing with with issues like this, that you're seeing fifty percent half. Have you noticed that that you know ever since you know the situation happened back in 2016 when Trump got elected, and you know we went over four years and then and then Biden became president and all that stuff like that. That a lot of of studies and polls and stuff like that has everything split right down the middle as far as the country goes. That's where they want half it. of the people he, say this, half of the people say that. Divided, you know. I I think that's maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that it's what I've seen. It seems like. We've got like an even split in this country yeah. on a lot of different different issues, and this this would be one of them. Morality. What is morality? You know, um, are you talking about from like a, a spiritual religious type of uh, well, morality? Approach, usually or? connotes a, a, a spiritual or religious, uh, you know, right and wrong. Although, although yeah. you could take somebody, mm -hmm. and I, and I've seen this. Yeah, you could take somebody who's an atheist. Yeah, and that person could have good morals. Well, I think that they don't have, you know, that's where the word definition kind of falls down a little bit. And then you go ethics, morality versus ethics. Okay. But it's all right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not overly yeah. concerned about it. You know what? I believe, and mm -hmm. I've, I've read, read studies on this yeah. uh, in the past that, you know, when children are born, uh, they, they are, they just, you know, already have a sense of morality as far as Internal what's good, what's bad, right and wrong. Know? Yeah. And it isn't until they've lived for a while <laughs> and they get exposed to the real world mm -hmm. that suddenly those things get skewed sometimes. Um, but, you know, uh, an innocent child already is born with the ability to be able to determine right from wrong yeah. uh, and to know what's good and bad. And, and um, you know, they've done studies with this with little kids, you know, with sharing things and mm -hmm. putting them, you know, with other children and seeing how they interact and stuff. Yeah. And so that's something I believe kids are, are born with. It's just the world uh, pollutes that. Often corrupts point. it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, well. Let's see. We had. A, I was going to make an announcement. Did I, did I drop that into the message thing here? Um, Sherry Neal posted thing. this on in oh, yes, not a doc yes. and not a nurse. 
Um, mm-hmm. She wanted us to know that they're having a celebration of life for Chris and Angie, Chris Barr and Angie, uh, not a doc, not a nurse, on Sunday, June 19th <clears throat> in southern Missouri. If you would like to attend, please reach out to Sherry Neal or, or Sherry Aiken Stewart for specifics. So I've been on the road so much, I don't think I'll be able to make it back out to Missouri in this case. We were hoping right. to make it out for Leslie's event, which we don't know if it's going to happen at this point. But if anybody's in that area, in this audience, in the southern Missouri area, reach out to Sherry Neal or Sherry Aiken Stewart for specifics. And I'd uh, love to wish I could be part of that celebration of life for Chris and Angie, uh, who contribute a lot of good things in our time together on the air and off the air. So um, that's an announcement Excellent. we hadn't made yet, but I want people to know about it. Steve in the chat room has kind of a, a fun comment here. He mm-hmm. says, Cardio Miracle is great. Now we need Cranial Miracle <laughs> to help more people wake up. Yes. yes. Cranial Miracle. Cranial like Miracle. That. Can inverse uh, the uh, opposite of rectal cranial inversion. Again, recorrect, correct it, Ryan, again. That's, yes. that's wild. All right. What else? I'm still banned on Twitter, by the way. I mean, that second or third appeal, they haven't even gotten back to me in, I don't know, it's been a couple of months now. You send me a Twitter link, I can't see it, so... So if you click on it, it won't even let you like see it because it wants you to log in. Correct. It, it takes yeah. me because I'm logged in and immediately like I'll get a fraction of a millisecond where I'll see it. And then it immediately goes to we've received your appeal. We're reviewing it. Like, I don't. So it won't. Stuff. It won't. It, it didn't just like ban you from posting. It's banning you from being be able to, to see. Correct. Anything. Yeah. Because the message comes up immediately. Uh, you, you know, we're reviewing the thing. You could. You, however, you can eliminate the post and we'll let you back on but they won't just let you eliminate the post they make you admit you're guilty of a crime and then eliminate the post then they'll let you back and i'm like all right if you want me to delete the post i'll delete it but no it's not an option it's like admit that you violated our rules and delete it and then we'll let you back in like i didn't violate anything it's just a crock so it's a standoff not that they care if i'm on it but stand in your ground yeah Silly little ground stander. <laughs> yes. <sighs> what do we got tomorrow? Right. Do we have anybody scheduled for the show? Tomorrow is. I don't think uh, we do. I don't think we do. Now tomorrow's Sacred Thursday, Fire of Liberty. So we'll have uh, Jonathan Emord. Okay. Um, oh wait a minute! I'm wrong. Look at this. This Kevin been pops working in here, and I don't even realize it. So it looks like yesterday. We've got tomorrow. We've got Ann Dashell coming on. Oh, the big the big autism cover up. All right. Well, Ann, we'll look forward to having you back on the We've show. We've had it's been Ann a while. Dash on before, have yeah, we not? Of course we have, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, it looks like oh, Friday we've dude. got Dr. Andy Wakefield. Look at that. That's cool. This, this has all happened in the last 24 hours. I think so. Yeah, we had yeah. All right, cool. So Andy Wakefield, uh, and then in hour two, we'll have Joc- Jocelyn Durand. Okay. Who uh, is uh, an author, wrote, Consci- uh, let's see. Consciousness 360? 60 or like maybe that's the website i don't know she's an expert on difficult personalities and the problems that cause cause this cause for others at work at home and even in politics so that could be a really interesting this is another connection uh with ann archer butcher yeah that's great look forward to that so we'll have a great friday show already andy wakefield and that and then let's see our ama is the 25th for those of you who are considering being a, a patron supporter i think that most of our patrons are getting more back 
than they are giving. And I'm not making a complaint. I'm grateful that we can do it. My point is that we give away so many goodies that if we if we weighed out the economics of it, mm-hmm. dude, they're 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 making out great on top of having the show and all the fun stuff. And I'm grateful that we can do that. So as long as we are right. supported uh, by you guys and gals and the sponsors, we can continue to give you great gifts. And like I said, uh, we're going to try and see if I can give away. These are really awesome. The IGF ones that, I, that I'm doing now, the IGF one plus from Neutronics. So there's that. And who knows what else? And this morning, mm-hmm. um, I think before the newsletter went out, yep, I sent out an email for a new, uh, did you get the picture of me with my super, super mush? <laughs> I got it, and I'll, I'll send. I've got another email that I'll send out and okay. use that picture because it went out like really early this morning. This is now but my we, other daily chill option for if I get right. too intense on the show. I've got. Yeah, oh. guys, have you guys heard of Super Mush? It's a it's a, a, a mushroom product, all organic, super clean, really good, hundred percent organic, yeah. and they've got three different ones, and these are sprays. It's just a spray that you spray in your mouth. Should I do it? Mm-hmm. I like I use the energy one because I'm yeah you need it that's what I'm four of them mm-hmm. this is a uh, tangerine flavor and that's the energy that's the daily energy mouth spray you've got the daily chill mouth spray which is the one that you like mm-hmm. I was using the daily I was using the energy when I was in Nashville I was Were you? yeah over the weekend that helped what is the other one the you third one it. and daily immunity mouth spray. Okay. So we'll- and they have three different flavors. The flavors are natural. It's 100% organic. The Daily Energy Mouth Spray is made with cordyceps, lion's mane, elderflower, and green tea. The Daily Chill is made with, uh, how do you say it? Reishi? Yeah, reishi. Mm-hmm. Uh, ashwagandha, lavender, and lemon. And the Immunity Mouth Spray is made with turkey tail, reishi, vanilla, and ginger. Yeah, and great, uh, great formulas, good adaptogens. Yeah, so I sent out an email this morning that uh, was to download an ebook that explains how all this works. And they do have a sale going on mm-hmm. uh, on uh, a bundle where you can get all three and you can save a bunch of money on it. Yeah. And so I'll be sending that email out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying these. They taste really good and they do work. Yep. And uh, so if you'd like to get more information on that sale, uh, just get signed up for the uh, email newsletter, and that will be going out tomorrow morning. Yep. Beautiful. All right, so I'm getting some messages back. Nikki has a birthday party that morning when we're doing our AMA. Sorry, Nikki. I'll have to catch the replay of it on Zoom. We love having Nikki part of it. Uh, DJ Katie, I'll have to listen to the AMA again. That's a big fourth Saturday market for us. So Katie, she said, last time I barely had time to breathe. It's always fun to attend the farmer's markets. Well, what I would say is, if you have internet there, hook up your phone. Just give us a visual of what you're doing. You don't even have to participate. Just that would be fun to watch what you're doing at the market. It would be cool. You know, yeah. we had during one of the AMAs we, that we had, mm-hmm. I remember there was, it was, who was it that, that was at the, they were like at the Black Sea or something. You remember that? Yeah. And they you, were like, was it, in, uh, it was in, on the other was, side of the globe. Was it in Latvia? Maybe it was, I don't know, I can't remember, but they were at the ocean, they yeah. were at the beach. Was it the Baltic Sea, I think? Yeah. And they were, they were t- yeah, they connected, and we got to see the ocean, you know, on the other side of the, the planet, and I, that was the coolest thing. I think thing. it was so, the last su- last summer, because, you know, it was still light out, and even though it was like middle of the night almost, when she was taking a so, walk. So, yeah. if if you were at the, the uh, farmer's market, which we have here too, actually they've started doing that here too, mm-hmm. um, 
and you were able to connect and we could like check out the farmer's market i i think uh we'd even give you like some bonus points yeah you know that could be I, fun i mean for real yeah. yeah that'd be cool that goes for anybody yeah you know you want you want to do that sort of thing show us show us what you're doing yeah that's cool all right yeah. what else we got anything else uh, you know, one other thing as far as the calendar goes, uh, just give you guys a heads up. Looks like on Monday, the twentieth, we've got Kevin Sorbo. Really, the guy that played Hercules, yes. right? Yeah, that's correct. And his his uh, his wife has a has a radio show. Cool, Sam Sorbo. Nice. Um, Dane, Dane Wigginton uh, will be on Tuesday. Oh, geoengineering. Yes. And yeah. So that's what's happening next week. So cool stuff coming up. But yep, that's all I got. All right, let's do it. Let's take a break. Be back uh, Sacred Fire of Liberty time tomorrow. God willing, less than 22 hours from now. Thank you for being here. Thanks to TMB Ty Bollinger for joining us today on the show, as well as all y'all being here. Thanks for sharing the show as well. And remember, sign up the email alerts. Uh, text RSB to 22828 and be part of the newsletter fun and frivolity. Thanks to Superdome. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys tomorrow.